Boom. What's up, Frankie? How What's are up, you, brother? Joe? Good to see you, man. Yeah, good to be here. This good is, to uh, have you. We talked about this many times. We have. And you know, uh, my buddy Chris Lagore, I got to shout him out because he got me listening to you, you know, years ago, and he's been telling me to come on this podcast for forever. So I'm fine. I'm glad to finally get it done. So shout out to Chris. I know he's listening. Hi, Chris. <laughs> um, so you got your own podcast now? I do. Uh, me and Roger Matthews from uh, Jersey Shore fame. He was the ex-husband of, of Jay Wow. Uh, so we, the champ and the tramp. Champ and the tramp. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you guys call yeah, it? Yeah, champ and the tramp. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So uh, what's happening, man? You, you just got off of the um, Chan Sung Jung fight. Yeah. And what's next? What are you up to? I'm going to go down 35. Yeah? You know, uh, I how much do you walk around at? I'm probably like 56 right now. Wow. You know, so for, for 45, well, Marlon's got to be bigger than you, right? Marlon is about a little bit bigger than me. Yeah, I think so. I think he walks around a little heavier. He's a little bit more of an eater than I am. Dude, that guy, I can't, I have a hard time believing he makes 35 sometimes. You look yeah. at him, he's so jacked. He's got such a small waist, though. Mm. But I mean, he's so, his legs and shoulders are so yeah. big, but his waist is kind of small. So maybe that's how he carries it. So have you done a cut like that before? I haven't been, but I mean, even my last fight, I think I, I was, you know, getting down to 45, got down to like 44.5. I mean, it's only eight and a half over where I got to be for to make 36. And it was such an easy cut for this last time. So I'll, it's, you're, you're an interesting situation, man, because like you won the title at 55 and you didn't cut any weight at all. And a lot of people were like, well, fuck man, Frankie Edgar can do it. Cause you, the thing about you at 55 was you were so durable. Like, that was one of the craziest things about some of your fights, like the Gray Maynard fights. Yeah. Like, fucking A-man. Who, who refed those fights? Um, Eve Levine. Both of them? No, the first one. The uh, first second one. one, I think, was Josh Rosenthal. Well, shout out to both of those guys. Yeah. Because uh, a trigger-hungry referee who's got an itchy trigger finger, they would have stopped those fights. Now, I think nowadays someone might stop it. Yeah, you know, yeah. back then I feel like they let it go a little more. I mean, of course, there's still sometimes they let it go a little it too all long changes. now. It, it depends. You, you know? never know. You never know. It all changes. It's such a weird thing, right? It's like the referee is trying to help the fighter. They're trying to make sure that the fighter doesn't take unnecessary damage. But, you know, more than once you see fights stopped where you're like, oh, that guy wasn't done. Right. He was he was getting through a bad patch, and that's part of what a fight is about. It's like trying to figure out how to survive. For sure. I, I always want the benefit of the doubt. I You know, yeah. I, I don't want to get unnecessary punishment, of course, um, but I'd, I'd rather get the benefit of the doubt. I, I, I've never been turned off, even with Ortega and Chan Zung Jung fight. I got ro both those fights, uh, even though I got rocked in my other fights, these fights I kind of was more coherent. Um, I'm not complaining about the stoppages or anything like that. You know, I could see why they stopped it. But uh, in the great fights, even the Benson-Henderson fight where I got upkicked, I don't remember any of those fights. You know, I don't remember like three, four rounds of those fights. Just because it was so wild, just because of getting hit? Yeah, because I got hit and I kept getting hit maybe, and maybe that's why yeah. I didn't remember. Um, the the Ortega fight, I got rocked pretty good, and I remember in my head saying, all right, there's short time left. Let's get through it. Let's get through it. Obviously, uh, didn't make it to the end. And, uh, you know, but I did, I remembered being coherent, even this last one with, with, uh, Korean zombie. I remember the ref saying, you know, you got to do something down there. You got to do something down there. And I was, you know, I was trying to do my best. My body maybe wasn't reacting the way I needed mm. to be, but, uh, yeah, you know, I never been turned off, you know, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but, uh, I don't know if it's a good thing yeah. either. It's like some people say, if you get turned off, it's better because then you, you're, you don't absorb as much punishment. Right. I've heard that argument. But then, if you do get turned off, your body gets turned off easier next time. That's that's pretty true. Yeah, or well, it at least seems, seems like to be it true. seems like it. Yeah, yeah, guys that get cracked, they can kind of continue to get cracked and, and get rocked a little easier. Um, 
I'm hoping that's not the case for me. <laughs> well, it's it's not. It's more of the actual knockout itself. Yeah, like yeah, I, I think like a, a, a bad like a bad yeah. knockout. Yeah, it's crazy that you have had a bunch of fights where you don't remember most of the fight. Like that. That's a thing that a lot of fighters don't necessarily talk about, but it's a reality of hard fights. Yeah, the my, my second fight with Gray, where um, Eve Levine was the the, the referee. I remember, uh, I think the fourth round, Mark, my coach Mark was like, you know, telling me, we got one more round. And I'm, in my head, I'm like, one more round? What happened to three and four? I didn't remember wow. at all. And also, I, I when I dropped me, I, I rolled my ankle really bad, probably a grade two sprain. And I remember in the fourth round coming to, and my ankle was hurting me. I'm like, what happened? To, I have no idea what happened to my ankle. And even wow. got walking back, you know, I was, was kind of, you know, I don't know. Sometimes when you get rocked, you get depressed for some reason. Oh, I noticed really? that even in the gym. When they get when I get rocked, they, I get a little bit of depression going on for some reason. Like, what does it feel like when you say depression? Like, like God, my middle You know, you're just down on yourself. You know, mm. um, I was emotional. I think I was crying after the gray fight in the in the locker room. I think they they have camera back there, and there's a video of me. Even like, the second it, fight when you stopped him. Not the second fight, but the 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 second. Well, the, that was the second fight, not the yeah. third fight. The third fight you stopped the him. Third That's fight right. Stopped the second him. fight you won. Right. The, the fucking fights that you had with gray were so crazy. They were so he was so big. Yeah, he's a big boy, man. Oh, so big for fifty five, you know. And yeah. you were a guy who didn't cut any weight at all. Nothing. I was. I literally would eat breakfast on weigh-in day. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. We, did you ever think back then about dropping down, or were I, you just like, "Fuck it, I'm the champ." Why, yeah. Why should I, I? Well, that's why I was like, yeah. "I'm the champ. Why should I go down?" I mean, I'm winning. I'm beating these guys. Yeah. Um. Even the Benson Henders fights, they were super close. You know, I could have won either way, and um. But I just felt, you know, let me, all right, I'll go down now. I lost two in a row here. What, you know, what, what more can I gain from here? Let me go down to 45. And that's, that's when I fought Aldo for, for the 45-pound uh, belt. When you think about it, like if you had a chance to do it all over again, like if you had to engineer your career all over again, would you do it exactly the same way? Would you fight at 55? Well, you definitely would against BJ, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, you, you can't go back and change those things. Right, you right, know? Right. It, it all worked out for me. You know, I, I got a world title. Um, I had a pretty, you know, I'm continuing to have a pretty good career. Uh, there's always things you wish you could do differently. You know, you just, I can't be that guy that's going to say, oh, I wish I did this, wish I did that. Things went the way they went. Well, they went pretty fucking good. I mean, yeah, I'm not complaining. Especially you know, um, the BJ Penn fight. I remember the first one in Abu Dhabi. Uh, I was there for that one. I was yeah. like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, you know that was that was a big victory, man. And the yeah, second was, one too that was big. Yeah, the, the second one was probably even better, just because yeah. I, you know, more Cemented definitively it. won. You yeah. know, and um, I felt like too, like you know, BJ had my back in the uh, <clears throat> in that second fight, and uh, you know, everybody thought, you know, BJ get your back back then, you're in trouble. And I yeah. was able to defend. I think it reversed him, so I kind of showed a little bit of, of all my complete skills in that fight. Out of all the guys. That I've ever seen fight. I've never seen anybody who controls people with the legs the way BJ does. He's got the craziest dexterity in his legs. He does. I heard when he was younger, he could stand up and put his leg over his head standing up. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. Like just but, lift it up and like, put it back yeah, there? Like, just, like just not even stand, grab it? Yeah, not even grab it. Put it over his head. I don't know if that's true. I've seen him jump out of the pool too. That's pretty wild. Yeah. No, he's an incredible athlete. Yeah. And his his physical talents were unusual, but he worked on it. Like this other thing a lot of people don't realize. Like there's some great videos of BJ stretching. Right. And he would stretch with bands. So he has all this crazy like he would grab his foot, like put it on his chest, he's got bands and he's stretching oh, yeah. the shit out of himself. Yeah. So it wasn't just, just natural. natural ability. Yeah. It was also like he, he realized Well, he realized that his legs were like other arms. 
Like, because he, when you were in his guard, he would just, those legs would come up and just pinch you down. And, and his mount, he would cross his legs underneath yeah. dudes, and his back mount was incredible. Yeah, he was uh, one of a kind, I think, you know, uh, on the ground. And <clears throat> just as a fighter, I mean, I looked up to him coming up. You know, he was the man licking licking blood off his <laughs> <laughs> off his hands. You know, I mean, was, uh, I was actually with him. We were did the UFC gym uh, 10-year anniversary uh, party oh, just now? up in uh, uh, Concord. Dana oh, was there okay. and BJ was there. So I was hanging out with BJ. BJ's a good dude, man. We get along really well. Is uh, is he is he done fighting or what is he going to do? Um, I don't know. I think he wants to fight. Uh, I don't think Dana wants him to fight, but uh, I'm pretty sure. crazy brawl in Hawaii. Yeah, you know, yeah. Outside of a I bar. I mean, people are all so like, oh, look at Peach. I'm, you're getting mad at a fighter for fighting? Uh, you know, <laughs> come on. Is it, is it that surprising? <laughs> that is a funny way to look at it, right? Like if a singer gets yeah. in a fight, you're like, right. what yeah, is he yeah, doing? Right. But, but a fighter fighting, yeah. it's like a basketball so player having a pickup game. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> can't get mad at him for that. That is kind of weird when you stop and think about it. You know, I mean, and that's the nature down in Hawaii. I, I think a lot of people get down. That's how they get down out there. Yeah, they get down. Yeah, tough motherfuckers in Hawaii. Yeah, for sure. You know that fight though was so sad to watch. Like that dude clipped him with a left hook and dropped him and bounced his head off the concrete. I know. It was like fuck. Did he? BJ. Did he say hit me? He said yeah. He let, him, he he let, let him the hit guy him. hit him. And but he, then he came back. He he, he, he went out. out. He yeah. flashed out and and went down. And then I don't know if the video was continuous or what, but later is a video of him having the guy's smashing, back yeah. and smashing him. It's like, God damn it. Yeah, I mean, you got to be careful. You never know what could happen in the street fight, too. So oh, that's why yeah. you got to be careful. Guys go home, open the trunk, come right back. Yeah, that yeah. or, I mean, shit, throw someone on their head and they, they don't yeah. wake up, you know? That's a big one. Yeah. You know, um, that happened to a buddy of mine in Long Island, Kevin James, actually, the the comedian. Yeah. His his buddy, he, they're working together as, as bouncers, and he was working with this guy, and this guy got in a fight with a patron, punched the guy, knocked him out. The guy fell, banged his head off the ground, died. Wow. Dude wound up doing jail time. Wow. I mean, that happens. I heard a story of some wrestler, kind of same thing, got into a fight, picked the guy up, slammed oh. him on his head, and ended up in jail. Oh, my God. Can you imagine a wrestler, like yeah. a Yoel Romero, oh, fucking God. suplexing you on the street? Well, you ain't like, getting up for what no in one. the fuck? That's, yeah. It's over forever. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll flatten the top of your head. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm like, oh, God. He's, a, he's an, an, another freak, man. Oh, he's the freakiest freak. Yeah. Out of all the freaks, you got like Brock Lesnar, who's like got some freaky Viking genes, like for sure. Yeah. That dude don't make any sense. You see, you ever see photos of him when he was in high school? Oh, uh, dude. Look at that freak in high school. Wow. Yeah. I, I, we, he, wrestled, he was a senior when I was a freshman, and uh, we were at wrestling nationals together. And I remember just looking next, being next to him, like, damn, how the fuck is this guy even real? You yeah. Know? It just looks like an action figure. Yeah. He was. He was the biggest physical freak I think I've ever seen. But then you got Ngannou, who I think is is more of a physical freak. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ngannou, two hundred sixty-five. Because I'm a hundred percent positive Ngannou is on the natch. That guy is all natural. Yeah, just digging know? salt mines or yep. whatever dirt sand. mines, sand mines. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a photo on his Instagram today of him chopping wood. Everything he does terrifies me. <laughs> He's so fucking powerful, man. That guy, out of all the guys I've ever seen in the heavyweight division, he is for sure the most powerful. That uppercut he landed on uh, Alistair Overeem was Jesus. incredible, man. I thought he decapitated him. Yeah, it's like his head flew. It's like the back of his head touched his back. Like there is. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, he, look what at is this he? He's breaking rocks, I guess. What, what the oh, fuck no, is hit, he doing? He's hitting a stake into the ground. That yeah. motherfucker has power. Yeah. He has like the most ridiculous punching power. 
It has to, right? Oh, yeah, man. Well, he's a natural 270 plus, and apparently he's been lifting, so he's even above 265 right now. He's going to have to cut so weight. So he cuts weight, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. This guy's fighting next, uh, Ro- Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike is badass. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good fight. Is he a K1 guy? I don't know where he did his kickboxing career. Pull up uh, uh, Jarzino Rosenstrike. Try spelling that. Good luck. <laughs> You got it, really? This Damn. dude's the man. Come on, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you fucking spelled that correctly, but Rosenstrike. The thing that scared me about him when he's fighting Alistair was like he was walking right through Alistair's shots, which is yeah. the craziest. And Alistair's no joke. I mean, no. he takes people out he's a left beast. and right. Yeah. Dude, when he was on the sauce and he fought Brock, that when he was Uberim, <laughs> here it goes. Oh, so he kicks. fought in a bunch of different organizations, Danger Zone. Um. Yeah. Does it? So. So. Slam. Where? Where is he from? Rosenstroke. Um, Strike. Let's see. It says. Oh, what's surname. Suriname. Surin. Isn't that where? Um, I say Tyrone Spong. Yeah. Yeah. Tyrone yeah. Spong from there. Yeah. 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 Spong was supposed to fight Usyk. Uh, in uh, a heavyweight fight, when Usyk moved up to heavyweight in boxing, you know Tyrone Spong is all yeah, he's all boxing now. Is he? Oh, yeah. he's doing only, only boxing. Yeah. Did you see well, his he was last to, no, he was, fight? He was supposed to fight. Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking a big baby Miller was supposed to fight um, Johnson. That's right. Yeah, Joshua. Right, Joshua. That's right. And, but he's tested yeah. positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Tyron tested positive too. Tyron, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Maybe Tyrone tested positive before he was supposed to fight Usyk, but he said it's bullshit. And then he, I, get, I think he was actually cleared of it, but it was too late. They'd already set up this other fight right. for Usyk. He's a dangerous guy. I think there's a lot of people that are going to avoid Tyrone Spong. Because yeah, he is hard. Man. He hits yeah. fucking hard, and yeah. he's a savage. He is. He's you know his last. Did you ever see his last kickboxing fight? He broke his leg. Broke his leg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. against. Um, uh, Turkish Tyson, right? Gus, go, uh, what's his name? Turkish Tyson, right? Oh Jesus, why can't I remember his name? He's in the UFC now, right? Yeah, you made me forget his name. What happened? Go on, Sock. Go on, Sock. Go on, Sock. Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's early. <laughs> I gotta wake up. <clears throat> Saki, um, he's had a tough transition to MMA, but he's still a bad motherfucker. Yeah. And in fighting and kickboxing, man, he was one of my favorite guys ever to watch. Saki had the nastiest left hand. He would throw like left hook, left hook, left hook. You know, like left yeah. hook to the body, left hook to the head, left hook to the body. Like bang, bang, bang. You know, like fast as fuck for a, and for a heavyweight. Ridiculous hand speed. Yeah, I mean, I feel like all these athletes are just getting better and better as it goes, right? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. It's kind of crazy. These yeah, big guys you, are athletic as hell, too. When you stop back and think about your first fights in the UFC, when you first got started, like what... What stands out as being like real different about seeing the younger guys coming up today? The younger guys are just more complete, mm. and they're they're more athletic. I think back when I first started, we were just guys that wanted to fight. We were tough guys, you know. The wrestlers always did well because we're you know competed our whole lives. Um, <clears throat> but now these kids are polished right away. You know? You're seeing like 20 year old kids with crazy skills. Yeah, they're yeah. polished. They've been doing it for five years already. You see that kid, uh, Edmund Shabazian. Yes. You've seen him? Yes. Fucking incredible. Yeah. He's like, I think he's 21 now. Right. And he is just a fucking murderer, man. Yeah. It's he's, crazy. It's, it's it's amazing that I'm 18 years older than some of these kids. You know what I mean? That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> when do you think you're going to not do this anymore? I don't know. You know, I, I always say I have three, three rules is uh, as long as I'm enjoying it and I want to do it, as long as I'm competitive, I don't want to lose fights to 
guys I think I should be able to beat, and uh, as long as my body holds up. So. And how old are you now? Thirty-eight. So for the lighter weight divisions, that's older. It's older. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I feel good. My body feels good. I mean, always always little injuries here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I enjoy it. It's still fun. You know, my last couple fights didn't go the way I wanted to. You know, what Holloway obviously. I thought I gave him a pretty good run. Um, that was a very good fight. He's a big dude. It was tough to to kind of close that range, and I was in on some of his some of his legs. I just couldn't really move him. He felt like he was part of the part of the like a tree, you know. And then uh, you know took that fight with Crane Zombie, and obviously didn't go as I expected. But uh, you know, I got to bounce back from this one. When you think about your preparation, like between when you first started to now, like as you get older, is there anything that you do differently? I, I don't spar as much. I think I, I would spar three days a week always. Um, five rounds, you know, for five round fights, six rounds sometimes. Now I kind of do two days a week. That was a little push, push and pull for me and Mark. Mark wants us always sparring a lot. Oh, really? He's big into sparring, and I, I kind of am too. I feel like the best way to get in shape for a fight is is by fighting, you know. Right. And and we have good sparring partners. We're not trying to kill each other. Right. Um, you know, but. Our team. When I first started, it was me and a couple guys that really weren't in the UFC. Now it's just, you know, just a bunch of hammers. You know, oh, you nonstop. Guys, stop. That Mark Henry camp is insane. I mean, yeah, he's a special guy. He man. has so many like top flight guys come to him from all around the world. Yeah, you know, like Zabit. Zabit is. I mean, how do you get from Dagestan to Jersey? Yeah, they, they all they all go <laughs> they all they all do this. They say they're coming. They all fly to Moscow. They stay in Moscow for a couple of days, and they go to Brooklyn. Stay in Brooklyn for a couple of days, and they come down. So if they say they're coming the next day, it's usually three days later. Cause they that's the rounds they make. Why why do they go to Brooklyn first? <laughs> I don't know. There's a big Dagestan community up there. I guess they guess I don't know if they take them shopping or something. But uh, <laughs> I never knew Dagestan was a place until I heard of Khabib. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I maybe heard about it, but I didn't. It didn't. It didn't feature in my mind as like a prominent martial arts spot. Yeah, well, I knew uh, Satiev, the wrestler. He's from Chechnya, it's right, oh, okay. right there, and he was. A, I remember watching him when I was in high school, and this guy was just unbelievable. I think he won. I don't know how many world championships, like ten. He was in ten straight world championships with Olympics and worlds, and he's a, Ch- a Chechen fighter, and that's that area. This past world championship, Osentia. Chechnya and Dagestan, which is like the size of Georgia, the state, won the world. Just people from that area would have won the world championship in wrestling. Wow. I just can't fathom that. Well, they're just hard people, man. Yeah. You see that basketball game that they play? You, know, you see yeah. Will Harris's <laughs> yeah. films? Yeah. yeah. Will Harris Productions, shout out to Will. Yeah, Will's the man. Will's the man. I love that guy. He's he's a cool dude. He's and, a great guy. And he gets embedded. He does. I mean, he goes to Dagestan. He hangs out with them. He eats with them. He plays that crazy basketball yeah. game with them. Yeah. And he's like a he's a semi-professional yes. ball player, too. Yeah, he's a huge guy. He's I mean, he a big could, dude. He could have been a, like a real, I mean, he had a bad knee injury when he was right. in college. But uh, it's hilarious watching them play that basketball game. Where they grab a hold of each other and drag each other to the mat and submit each and other. I used to think I I fouled the bed, you know, but at least I dribbled <laughs> the ball, you know. It's, a, it's like rugby slash basketball yeah. slash MMA. Hey, that, that's probably my only way to, to get score some buckets, though. <laughs> it's weird, though. Like it seems like they might have invented it, right? It doesn't. Uh, it has to be. Has to be. Do you think? Like, I mean, I wonder if it's prominent in Dagestan or if it's just that camp. If they like in wrestling, wrestling, they play handball. They call it handball, or we used to call it gator ball, where we have like soccer nets or like uh, field hockey nets, and it's kind of the same thing. We you had three steps, you pass, you could pass the ball, n- no dribbling, 
and then you know it's a bunch of wrestlers playing, so we're all tackling each other and everything. So we kind of always just do that, but we never did it with basketball hoops. So I guess that's that's a little different. Well, Will said that that's how they warm up. They just get out there and like for one hour they'll play this crazy basketball game. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they go train. And that's what yeah we used to do that with the handball or gator ball. We used to call it. It kind of makes sense that that would be a good way to warm up, right? Because it's competitive. You're running around a lot. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Lo- yeah, kind of fun it's instead fun. of just doing the same old routine. But it's interesting that even him, even Khabib, with that crazy camp and all those monsters that he trains with, makes his way down to AKA to train yeah. in America. That, that, that is something I always wonder. Even the guys that come to us, I'm like, mm-hmm. these guys are all so good. Why don't they just train with each other at home? But I think they like the the fact that they're locked in when they get here. Yeah, you know they have no distractions, and and the co- I think they come here for the coaching. Yeah, I'm sure. The, the, I, I think just a different look, a different perspective is probably beneficial. But just the fact that you know so many elite fighters from all over the world still want to do their camps either at ATT or with you guys or AKA or you know there's just so many different places that they travel to. Have you ever gone somewhere for a camp where you just locked yourself down? Um, no, I've always did all my camps in Jersey. Early in my career, though, before, uh, I mean, Mark, I had Mark, even before I started training with Ricardo um, and Henzo and those guys, I uh, I went out to AK, actually, with Thompson. I, I stayed with oh, Josh okay. Thompson. Josh was, is the man. But I he, love that dude. Yeah. He, he was, was just I, here last I week. Know, I know. Uh, I, I was listening to him um, a little bit. Um, yeah, he opened his house. I stayed at his house for a little bit, man. Oh, that's he cool. was uh He's a super good dude. He was kind of a veteran at the time when I get, came in, so he helped me out a little bit. Um, I did a couple couple weeks there hanging out uh, at AKA, and uh, I just I just wanted to be home. I know I wanted to be stay in Jersey. Yeah, well, with your family and everything like that, yeah. I, I get it. But I, I think there is probably a benefit for a fight. Like a, a lot of great boxers used to go to the Catskills, right? And they would do their training right. up there. And then like a lot of guys today, they go to Big Bear. You right. know, like Triple G goes up there, and a lot of other fighters have their camps up there. De La Hoya always did his camps up in Big Bear. It's like something about a camp that's very attractive too. Someone thinking about, oh, he's locked down in camp. Right, right. Like, yeah, you like it. Yeah, your tunnel yeah. vision and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, just, I need, I need my family around me. I need my friends around me. Yeah. You know, I feel good in Jersey, and uh, I kind of, I feel like I built, I built it, I built it up. You know, right. that, that's why people come, come to me now. You know, and not, not only me, obviously for Mark and Ricardo, probably more so for those guys. But uh, I showed them that it could be done here, and right. that's why you know we have the the you know, the atmosphere that we do, I think. That is true. I mean, you definitely were one of the most successful pioneers of MMA coming out of there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's cool to, to see all these young guys come and train with us, and, and we have a pretty good team now. Plus, Eddie Alvarez is there, and he's, you know, been – he's a pioneer as well, so. When you see Eddie go over to 1FC, does that any of that ever look attractive to you? I mean, for sure. The, the, you know, if uh, – I actually I only have one fight left on my contract now. Um, oh, Yeah. You know, but I've been in the UFC. I'll be, it'll be 13 years I've been in the UFC coming in February. But you see Mighty Mouse went over there. Yeah, Mighty Mouse. You know, I mean, money talks, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, well, especially at this point yeah, in your career. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, I mean, honestly, if I, if I was being straight up, I, where do I want to finish my career? I, I do want to finish in the UFC, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like I I got in the UFC 5-0, and oh, you know. Yeah. I pretty much grew up here. That's crazy. So, uh It'd be nice to finish it here, but, you know, everything has to make sense. Well, you know, you're still near the top of the heap, right? I mean, you just fought Max Holloway. How long ago was that? In July. Yeah. yeah. That's not that long no, ago. Not that. too long ago. And it was yeah. close. You know, obviously the fight with Korean Zombie, I mean, I, I feel like I didn't get a chance to get going. He got me with a good shot. Um, Motherfucker you know, hits hard. He does hit hard, you know. And, you know, I was really down on myself. That was tough. That was a tough one. Um, 
I was really down on myself for a while. I, I you know, nobody takes losses well. Right. Um, no one competitive. Yeah, no one competitive, and yeah. uh, I definitely took it pretty bad. And, and Christmas was right here, and, and in my head, like I, I took the fight on short notice, but in my head, I, I never once took a fight and didn't think I was going to win. How many? How many weeks notice did you take it on? Two weeks. Mm. Two weeks notice. I was in shape. I was training. You know, not like I was training for a fight, but I was training pretty good. Um, and I, I just, I believe in myself. I thought I was going to go there. You know, put this dude away and come home and enjoy Christmas. But it turned out to be the opposite, you know, and a little depressing during Christmas time. You try to be nice with your family and, and you know, love them with your family. But, you know, what's weighing over my head is I just got fucking TKO'd. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the the emotional side of fighting, like the emotional side of losses. Like when you see guys just weeping in their locker room and like, remember... <clears throat> The, the hardest one for me was Aldo after McGregor knocked him out. Mm. And he was just in his locker room just weeping like, God damn, that dude. That's a tough one, too, because you know that's that's going to stay like an in infamy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, forever. And, and Always. Connor's probably the worst guy because he's going to tell everybody about it. Everybody's going to want to cover it. And that's well, just the way it goes. It was such a picture-perfect punch, too. Yeah, I mean. And he slides back, boom, drops that left hand in there. I was in the crowd, and I was... I was told I was getting the winner of that fight. And then when it went down like that, I just knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> really? Yeah, I just felt it like, ah. Uh, I thought I thought Aldo was going to win. Back then, we, Did didn't you know really? we didn't know much about Conor, I feel like, at that point, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I thought Aldo was going to win, and I was going to get a rematch with him. And then when, when, my, when Conor did that, and you hear him talking about, oh, I'm going to go up to 55, I'm like, damn, there goes my mm. chance. <laughs> yeah, that... The uh, the Aldo fight was crazy because I think that was the first time that anybody ever really disrespected Aldo, because yeah. Aldo was the fucking man for so long. I mean, he and the crazy thing about Aldo is he's still only thirty two years old. Yeah, like we were talking about that with the Marlin fight, right? Which is he though? Is he really? No, yeah. you know, yeah, no. What do you think? <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've been following him since the WEC. Yeah, I, I mean, I he was like twenty then, so yeah. he kind of has to no, be yeah. thirty-two. <laughs> I mean, he was WEC champion a long fucking time ago, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, you go back and think about when he knocked out Cub Swanson with that flying knee. That was a long time ago. It was like a double knee, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. boom, yeah. Boom, yeah. Dude, he was so fucking athletic, man, explosive. Like, I don't know when did he stop throwing leg kicks. I don't know, man. I, I wonder. I would like to ask him. I wonder if like he's got injuries or something like that. Maybe I know shins when are we fought up. the first time, he threw a leg kick, and then I took him down on it on the second one, and then he stopped. That's the last time he threw a leg kick in both our fights. It's crazy because if you watch his early career, like watch the Uriah Faber fight. It is one of the most horrific displays of destroying someone's leg you've ever seen in a fight. Yeah. And so fast, dude. Oh, man. Just no loading, just No, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the thing. No loading. He would just, just whip those hips in right. there. Well, you know, he was a soccer player, like a really good soccer right. player. Have you ever seen videos of him play soccer? I see him juggle the ball and whatnot. Dude, he's like a pro. Like, yeah. like he could have been a professional right, soccer heard, player. Yeah. And I think soccer players, first of all, their legs are so conditioned because they're doing all the, they're basically sprinting all the time. They're running they run up like and running back. like six miles a game, I heard. Yeah. And they're going left and right and left and right. They're always side to side. Like they apparently have the highest instances of ACL blowouts. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. But because of those legs, you know, Aldo just, he was like a whip. Those legs would just crack. That's why I thought when him and Marlon were going to fight, I'm like, ooh, we're going to see some I crazy know. leg kicks. But neither of them really, you know, got him off. I wonder. I wonder why Aldo stopped throwing leg kicks. I really wonder. Like wonder. I mean, he's has got to really be something. Success he's got to be hands. something, right? You know, some injury. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a hip injury. You know. Yeah. 
Could be. A lot of those kickboxer guys, as they get older, their hips start falling apart. You know, it's a, it seems to be a big issue with some guys. Like John Wayne Parr needs a hip replacement. Right. Yeah, I mean, he just had his last fight. He won in a boxing match. Yeah, and I saw that. Which is great. That, yeah. Huge for him. He's the man, dude. He's, he's such a guy. good guy to follow. Yeah, he's, he's such awesome. a good energy, good yeah. such a positive dude. And so is his, his whole family. He's just like he's just oh, a, yeah, a great. His, his happy daughter's dude. got like thirty fights. His daughter's or a beast. Yeah, she's yeah. a beast, man. I think she's like fourteen now. It's she's crazy. a beast. It's crazy. Yeah, he's he's something special. But that poor guy, he's been fighting over the last year or two with a really fucked up hip. Yeah, like I mean, it's falling apart, man. They're like, you got to have a hip replacement. The whole inside is just torn apart. All right, so I'm not looking forward to the future, man. <laughs> I'm just, you know what I'm looking forward to? The future with regenerative well, medicine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you had stem cells. I had, I had some stem cells in my shoulder. Yeah, we that, talked about that, that yeah, in Jersey yeah, when I yeah, saw yeah. you. Yeah. But you, you don't give it enough time. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> the thing about the stem cells is it really takes like four or five months before it actually right, kicks in right. and starts healing things. And a lot of guys like yourself, I mean, you, you don't, you don't gather any dust no, uh, you ain't waiting for shit chopping out the bit man <laughs> <laughs> but that's but, the problem but the one in my shoulder it did help it helped yeah. a lot and I, I bet you know early onset arthritis and mm-hmm. uh they did the wharton jelly yeah and i got that and it like six weeks later it's, you know it's i i, I don't know I, I want another round i feel like mm-hmm. i don't know if it works like that yeah another round would definitely help yeah but i think uh really panama's the place for you that's right here yeah. go down there and that's get right that here. super sauce yeah <laughs> my neck's jacked up too a little bit so i wonder if they get i don't know if they help that stuff what is know? up with your neck i got a i guess stenosis of the uh, neck. okay so, so like, your your discs are shrinking yeah i have yeah, that too yeah my discs yeah. and uh the holes where the nerves run through mm-hmm. it's kind of so mm-hmm. i got it's tight this is uh Actually, it was kind of like a little bit before Holloway, more and more so after. I got epidural on my neck, and I was getting the tingles down my arm, mm. weakness in my hand a little God bit. damn. And the epidural really didn't even work, but I just did therapy, and it, it, it got better. But it still bugs me a little bit. There's a, a place. They, I think they have an office in Dallas. They have one here in Santa Monica, and then there's a place in Germany. It's called Lifespan Medicine, mm-hmm. and they do this pro- procedure called Regenekine. Right, And Regenekine right. is what you've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, he, yeah. he went to uh, Germany to get it back in his day, and uh, so did um, Peyton Manning went out there, right, right, a bunch yeah. of other athletes, and they- Dana. Dane actually went out they there. They do it in the U.S. now? They do it in the U.S. now. Oh, I've had it a bunch of times. Really? I, I had it done on my neck when I had a bulging disc that was doing the same thing. My hands were going numb, that kind of yeah. shit, and it fixed it. Oh. I also had it recently on my lower back because I was getting um, uh, sciatica. Same shit. That fixed it. it it's, it's basically a more potent version of platelet-rich plasma. Okay. Like They heat the blood, and they, they add something to it, and it's just a radical anti-inflammatory. And it's, you know, it's good because it's also, it's your own blood. You know, they take your own blood out, spin it, and do this procedure yeah, yeah. to it. And then it takes like 12 hours, I think, 10 or 12 hours for the it to become this, They it looks like this yellow serum. Mm-hmm. And then this yellow serum they inject into all your discs. I'm telling you, I had my friend Dean Del Rey go down there. Dean had a real fucked up neck from a car accident. Some lady, he, he rides a motorcycle, some lady fucking clipped him and he went flying. It fucked his neck up to the point where... We're ha- he's a comedian. We're hanging around the comedy store, and he gets nervous if anybody comes near him. Like he's worried someone's going to accidentally bump into him because he was be like, because ah! he was in so much pain because oh, he was man. like real stiff. And so I sent him to that uh, lifespan medicine place, and dude, he was fixed up. Like within a, a week or two, he was back. Wow. Yeah, I, I would love to just be like a pincushion, but like, bro, get me everywhere. <laughs> well, they can do crazy shit now, but it's a lot of money, yeah, you know. And yeah. if you want to travel to all these different spots, right. it's but it's 
there's real benefit in this. My hope is that it's like cell phones. Remember when fucking cell phones were giant and they cost a billion dollars? Right, right. They were so expensive. And now you can get a cheap phone. Like I saw a flip phone the other day at Best Buy for 50 bucks. Wow. I was yeah. like, you can get a phone for 50 bucks. <laughs> That's amazing. Bad. Yeah, so hopefully stem cells goes that route. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. And I'm hoping that, th- see, the problem is like, Healthcare providers, like if you have insurance, like insurance doesn't want to cover any of that shit. No, I know, but it doesn't make sense. They it's want expensive. to cover a surgery, but the surgery is 30 grand. I always wonder, like, what's the politics behind that? Is there, yeah. have they, I'm sure there's some, yeah, someone's got to make money, you know, so it's every, yeah. it always goes. Yeah, like the hospital has to deal with the, the insurance companies right. and everybody's working together and they're yeah. all making money, but. They don't want to cover these things because they're treating stem cells like it's a drug, and so they're they're they're, they're treating it like what you're doing is you're taking a drug. So these drugs have to go through the, the FDA, same evaluations right, yeah. that the FDA has. But if they do that, it's going to literally cost hundreds of millions of dollars. But with the FDA didn't they just say CBD's no good? <sighs> they're so crazy. <laughs> Those people are awful. <laughs> if they said that. Anybody who said CBD is no good, you're awful. Yeah. That shit is sure. so good for you. Yeah, the Oxycontin, I think, is FDA approved. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on, what are we doing here? <laughs> well, I think it's the same thing. They think of CBD as uh, an untested drug. Right. But regardless of how many people have positive effects from it and positive benefits from it, the way they look at it is like this stuff is in competition probably with like non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen and yeah, things along yeah. those lines. Right. But- CBD is so much better than all those things. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, it's natural too. Like, yeah. Do you do it? Do you take it? I have. Yeah, I, I take it. Yep. How much yep. you take? I. I mean, I'm. I'm. I need to be a little more consistent with it. You know, I'm. I'm just like, uh, you know, my wife. I'll go get stuff done. Stems. Like, How do you feel? I'm like, I feel pretty good. I don't know. I, I always feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like such a bad gauge on that stuff. There's a problem with really mentally tough guys. Because mentally tough guys don't even think about what things feel like. They just yeah. go, fuck it, I'm good. I'm just going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Look at Kane. Like, Kane literally destroyed his body because he was so mentally tough. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because he's such a fucking savage that he, like, he had everything blow out on him. He did. His knees, his shoulders, his back, his neck, everything's fucked up. When I was went to AKA, this was before he was in the UFC, and I went out there and I seen him sparring with... I think Paul Buentello, some other like UFC guys, and they were just rotating on his, and he was just putting these dudes away, and they were just going rotating on. I'm like, who is this kid? Dude, like, guy's gonna be good. I'm like, no shit. Before he came to the UFC, there was so much hype around him. Everybody was like, this motherfucker doesn't get tired. Yeah, like he's the as a heavyweight, you don't see that. Not like Uh, him. mm -mm. His cardio was insane. I remember when he fought Big Ben Rothwell. He he would put it on guys, and they would have that hundred yard stare. Yeah. Where they're like, what the yeah, what? fuck? <laughs> like, what is happening to me? How is this guy not tired? It didn't make sense. He was like a lightweight. Yeah, yeah. It, but 240 pounds. 240 pounds and uh, great wrestling, great jiu-jitsu. Great it's, everything. It's yeah. Boxing's second to none, man, yeah. for, for, you know. And just surprised you with his body. Right, because he didn't he look ripped and no. cut. Look yeah. like a guy who eats a lot of burritos. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, dude. To this day, I think in his prime, I think he was. I mean, there's like the argument is him and Fedor. Those are the two arguments, and then Stipe for his accomplishments. Right. I mean, I would have loved to seen Stipe versus um, Kane when Stipe when Kane was in his prime. Yeah, that would have been great. That would have been amazing. But you know, it's like this that that model of the heavyweight, this, the Kane Velasquez model. I don't know if anybody else could do that. 
Like I don't know. I think his his cardio was almost like supernatural. I think you know people always ask because people say I've got co- good cardio and you know I could push always and they're like you know what what is it from? I think it's all mental more than anything. I, I don't know. Maybe some people are born that way. Like I feel like even the summertime when I wrestled in the summer and I wasn't like in wrestling season shape. I was going to be the guy who's in better shape just because. Just your mind. It's just my mind. Yeah, I think it's mm. most of it's my. Everybody's like, "Do you get tired?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I get tired. I just keep going." And I think everyone gets tired because mm. then you see some guys that, you know, are really really good and they're just scared to get tired, so they're scared to push right. themselves. I've seen that in wrestling a lot. You kind of see it in MMA. You know, some guys where they're just scared to get tired, so they don't push it too hard. Yeah, that's real, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a mind game going on where you don't want to drain the battery, right? You don't want to – like it seemed like Marlon against Aldo, there was a little bit of that. Like, yeah, Just yeah. easing off the gas, little, right. especially after the Zahudo fight. After the fight. fight, yeah. You know, I was in, I was in the corner for Marlon, and um, it was going great. That first round, I'm like, man, this is great. The pace is like we, how Marlon likes it. You know, it wasn't too crazy. Mm-hmm. And then Zahudo turned it on, and I just seen the look in, in Marlon's face. I'm like, ah. In the second round, he got up and looked at me, and I was like – you know, I'm trying to pump him up. Like, dude, come on, let's go. But I just seen dude, it in his the eyes. first round looked like Marlon was going to establish himself as the best pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked He amazing. looked so good. Yeah. He was, his kickboxing was off the charts. That fucking left leg switch kick that he has to the head is like a whip. It's yeah. crazy the way he does it. Yeah. It's so light and effortless. He just swings it up there. Yeah, these they're... It was when Marlon Edson came into camp. My legs hurt for for a good good couple months trying <laughs> I'm to deal sure. with them. You know? No, Edson's terrifying. Uh, his, yeah. his switch kick's the fastest shit I've ever seen in my life. Oh uh, yeah, it doesn't uh, even make sense. Like, yeah. I don't even know how he moves that quick. Yeah, he's uh, he's a freak. He's like he's super tight too. I'm sure that's why he he's like a rubber band. You know what I mean? Let snaps as it goes fast. <laughs> super tight, like in what way? Like super, and just like not. He's not very flexible. Really? Yeah. I mean, he he could wheel kick and do all that stuff because I think it's just he was. Been doing it since he's a kid, right. so his body's made for that. But as far as being like a flexible guy, he's not very flexible. I mean, that's, I'm not very flexible either, but I'm not kicking like him. <laughs> that's interesting. I would have thought that guy would be real flexible. Yeah, no. Nah. What it, about Marlon? Marlon's p- probably a little bit more flexible. He's still he's still not very flexible either. That's crazy. Yeah. How does he throw that switch kick to the head like that? I just think their bodies from doing it forever. They're like made to do that. I don't wow. Know. Yeah, and they're, they're wheel kicks like crazy. Yeah, but as far as like touching their toes, you know, we'd go to yoga together, and you hear Marlon, ooh, oh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you do yoga? I try. I try to do it once a week when I'm not in camp. When I'm in camp, I don't do it as much because that kind of takes away from something else. Right. But I try to do it once a week. Hot yoga. Hot. Yeah, I do yeah. hot. Yeah. Dude, I love it. I, I I love it. And everyone that's never done it. They need to fucking do it because everyone's like, oh, yoga, yoga. I'm like, bro, it's hard as shit. Hard as shit. There's no no bullshit. I've been in some yoga classes that if my boy wasn't in there, I might have walked out because I'm, I'm tired. I'm like, can't let this guy see me walk out. The place I go to, they don't let you leave. Yeah, oh, really? They're like, you wow. can't leave. You just make a commitment when you're uh, here. If you great. can't take it, just sit, sit down, down yeah. and re- and try to rest it off. You know, Try to take a couple poses off. Right. Try to get your heart rate back down. But it's hot as fuck. I've done some yoga. Me and my wife... Went to the yoga class once, it was me and her, and it was so hot, and the the lady's like, how you, how you guys feel with the heat? And I'm like, please, Renee, say, say it's too hot, say it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's yeah. one of the most underrated, difficult exercises, because you think of it as like housewives or moms, right, you know, yeah, like a bunch yeah. of gals, a bunch of hot girls in yoga pants. Yeah, I'm, all, I'm the only dude in there sometimes. So, yeah, me yeah. too, sometimes. Yeah. Well, well, there's more guys in my place now. 
Well, you're starting to see that sometimes it's actually half and half, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it's great for you. Yeah, it's something I, I too like. When I say I'm done fighting, I'm sure that's something I'll, I'll do more often. Well, for me too, it's like a 90 minute meditation session too. Yeah, because all yeah. you're thinking about is those poses. All I'm thinking about is concentrating on keeping a maintaining a steady breath and then holding the positions as long as possible. Yeah, yeah, I, and I like just it's like you know the instructor or yogi is giving you. Uh, positive affirmations. I mean, some yeah. it's a little, little wonky, but you know, <laughs> it's always like a good, a good message. Yeah, sometimes yeah. some of them go, go a little bit crazy. Some of them try to give you life lessons. Like yeah, well, yeah, settle yeah. down. Well, and then also like, oh, this is your your, your lower intestines is getting no, it's pinched. Not. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm yeah. bending over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's massaging your descending colon. No, yeah. it's definitely yeah. not. It's definitely not. You're just stretching. Stop. <laughs> yeah. But I, I sweat like a maniac in there. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's definitely good for you. Oh my God, you can lose amazing amounts of weight in there. But I just think like for maintaining strength in your joints and strength and it, it always feels to me, and maybe this is just my head, but like it's helping all the connections, like shoulders and hips and knees and like all the other stuff that doesn't necessarily get the same kind of workout when you're just doing regular stuff, right. like weight training or kettlebells yeah. or kickboxing or whatever. You, you're working out like holding your leg in one certain position and like leaning forward and just maintaining right. like static, that pose. Static yeah. holds, yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it tightens all your connections up. And it also increases your range of motion. and It, it does. It opens you up, you know? I feel so much better when, I, when I'm doing yoga. And I would like to do it more often, to be honest with you. I just uh, I don't want to miss hitting pads or jiu-jitsu and all that stuff. That's the thing, right? It's like for a mixed martial artist, there's so many skills to to concentrate on. There's so much. If you're a boxer, what do you got to do? You got to run and you got to box. Yeah. That's it. Right. right. You know, when you're a mixed martial artist, god damn, you got to so think many. about everything. And you don't want to overdo one and underdo another, you know? How so do you know tough. what to do? I you know, I I came up with a a formula and Seems to work. That's What's really your formula? It. Like I, you know, uh, just my schedule is: I do jujitsu Monday, Friday. I spar either. Well, it used to be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I'll wrestle uh, Wednesday and Friday, and then strength and conditioning in between all that. Jesus, yeah. Just hearing that makes me tired. But like, what? When is your strength and conditioning schedule? I do that Monday and Wednesdays. Monday and Wednesdays. Yeah. And when you do it, do you do it before? MMA training, like I usually do uh, grappling or wrestling before, and then do that after. Really? Yeah. Why do you do that? That's just the way it, it kind of worked out for me. So, do you do it the same day? I mean, yeah. I mean, um, the same time of day, like noon. Like you'll do your. your... No, I'll usually do it in the morning. I'll do jiu-jitsu or oh, wrestling, okay. and then at the, at the afternoon, I'll. I'll uh, oh, do my okay. So you give yourself yeah. a chance to yeah. recover. Yeah. 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 Although it's like it's like ten and two, so it's quick. It's just quick. enough to eat. Yeah, just enough to eat and drive. You know, Jersey's a commuter state, so I drive everywhere, man. Like, mm. there's, I, there's only, I don't think any, none of the places I train are in, are in Tom's or in my town. So right. I'm always on the move. How, what, Jersey's got a lot of fucking traffic, too. It does, but it's like, uh, it's Not predictable. Like yeah, predictable traffic. Right. You know what I mean? You know, if you miss the rush hour, you're good. Here, you never know what, what you're into. Dude, I've been coming home from a comedy club at 2 o'clock in the morning. I hit bumper to bumper traffic. Out yeah, here. that's crazy. You know, there's too many of us. I was actually, I didn't even realize I stayed right across the street from the comedy store. Oh, which place? Uh, the Where you Mond at? Mondoran? Mandarin? Oh, the Mandarin. Or, yeah. Mandarin? Mandarin? What is it? Yeah. What is it? 
Mondrian. Mondrian. Right. Mondrian. Mondrian. Yeah. Yes. Why can't I see that, that when someone says something wrong, sometimes you go, how do you say it right? <laughs> the Mondrian. Yeah. That is right across the street. Yeah. I didn't realize till I woke up the next day. I'm like, oh shit, I should have went there last night. Yeah. It's anytime you want to go there, if, even if I'm not there, just let me know. All right, I'll cool. set it yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so when you are in Tom's river, like what is a typical day for you when you, when you leave your house, like, like uh, on a Monday morning, like what? What time do you get going? What time do you eat? Yeah, I get up like uh, eight o'clock. I guess I'm not an early guy. Um, I get up at eight. I eat something. I'm out of the house by eight thirty, eight forty-five. Get the Ricardos for like ten a.m. practice, nine thirty practice. Practice for two hours. Drive back home, which is like about forty-five to an hour. And when you practicing, you practicing with the gi? No, no gi. Never. N- not in a long time. Yeah. Ricardo actually, believe it or not, told us not to. Really? <laughs> yeah. He said, I do he, said the, it. he said the gi will always be there. He said you always go back to the gi when you're done. He's like, right now it's just not applicable for MMA. <sighs> I'm so glad he said that. Yeah. Man, that is... I don't know. Hopefully he doesn't get mad for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a giant problem with like so many Brazilians were so connected to the gi that they would be offended if you didn't yeah. train with the gi. Yeah. They'd get really mad at you. That's what I thought when I first went to him. I'm like, oh, man, we're going to do a lot of gi stuff now, you know? And he, yeah. yeah, we did a little bit, you know, um, mess with it. it. It's, it is good for you. It's good. It, it's great for defense. It, I think it's good for people like myself where I use a lot of wrestling and athleticism for my jiu-jitsu because it kind of takes that away and makes yes. you, you know, pay attention to the technique. Yeah. It makes you concentrate on defense because you can't just muscle out of things. Right. <clears throat> and with a lot of fighters, you know, especially like real explosive guys, they get used to just yanking out right, of things. Right, and, yeah. you, you know, when someone's got collars and, and grips on your sleeves, you can't or yeah, yank you out of much. you got to systematically think about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to apply pressure. You got to have good position. You got you to gotta be patient, too. You yeah. can't expose yourself because you're impatient. And you just want to get out of a spot. Right, right. Yeah, that is... That that's the positive aspect of the gi. The negative aspect of the gi is when guys go from the gi to MMA and they're looking for those handles and the handles and aren't not there. there. Yeah, yeah. But Eddie always told us just do the gi, but don't use collars. Don't use collars and sleeves. So my gi game was really just no, no gi in a gi. That's kind of I honestly probably when I did the gi, I was mo- probably didn't grab as much because I yeah. wasn't so wasn't used to it. In desperado times, I'll grab the gi. Yeah, but for right, the, right. you know, yeah. for getting fucked up. But for the most point, I think it's you're better off just using overhooks and underhooks and gable grips and just working your 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 same positions that we do in no gi. So that, then you're doing the same game always. Yeah, but. I th- I'm glad Ricardo said that because to have such a, an accomplished Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist like him who's got this gigantic school and who was a accomplished fighter himself and now is a judge, right. to have him say that, like, yes. Yeah. For a long time, people got so connected to this idea that you need to do the gi in order to be good w- in MMA, which is no gi. Yeah. Slippery. Just, yeah. I mean, you know, even like Gary, Tonin, and Gordon Ryan, mm-hmm. I, I don't think those guys are in the gi very often either. Very rarely. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Well, I think that Gordon Ryan has done some matches recently in the gi. Maybe Gary Tona, too. I mean, they know how to use it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it's, uh, you know, it just makes everything more, you know, it's just there's so much more friction. So much. There's so many things you can do in the gi you cannot do in an MMA no, fight or in a no-gi contest. Right. Yeah, it's, it's really just not applicable at all, so... That's good. We don't. I, I, when I'm, I figure when I'm old, I'll put the gi on. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's you could. I mean, there's guys in my jujitsu class that are in their sixties. Yeah. They're still rocking. Yeah, that's what's world. great. You know, he's nice yeah. and slow. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, it's something I'll definitely do in the future. 
So you go there, you do that class, and like how far you're driving a lot to all these different yeah, spots? How much yeah. time are you in your car? A couple hours a day. Oh shit. Yeah. So you I have mean, to have not a reliable all, get, fucking car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do. I got a pine belt sponsorship, so I get to drive a nice uh, Ram or, or Silverado. Oh, you got a deal with yeah, the, I drive the Dodge the, I drive it for the demo. Oh, and that's then I awesome. turn it in for a thing. But I, I also oh, got a, I got a Cadillac CTSV too. I know you're in the car. Dude, yeah. I love CTSVs. Yeah. Those things are beasts. Yeah, it's fun. I got a little stage two tune on it and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It can move. It moves. That's a fast car. Yeah. That's a good Italian guy in Jersey car, yeah, too. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, so, so how far have you ever thought about living somewhere where everything is? You just so connected to Tom's River, you'd never move. Yeah, I mean, well, now Nicotone is in Brick too, and he has a huge facility in Brick. So that's where we do a lot of our sparring. That's how far only, is that? That's only twenty minutes away. So that oh, okay. that's uh, you know, he's been there, he's been there for now a couple of years, and um, he's like a thirty thousand square foot gym. Oh, really? Two full cages, a bunch of mat space. Oh, a, wow! A boxing ring. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal facility. What's it called? Uh, Nicotone's Mixed Martial Arts Academy. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Man, it's amazing that these gyms are they're so good now. It's like it was so hard in the beginning to find one facility that had this kind of place. Right. I mean, even the country, there's only a couple gyms, whether it was an AKA or Jackson's. or. When I first started, uh, I graduated college, and it was like in May, I graduated college. I, I, I wanted to, you know, Ultimate Fighter was the first season Ultimate Fighter was on. I think it was uh, they had the finale in May. I watched it with my teammates. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm giving this a try. You know, Koscheck was uh was on mm-hmm. the on the season. He wrestled for Edinburgh, wrestled for Clarion. We're in the same conference, so I see him. I'm like, oh man, look, he's doing pretty well. I'm gonna give this a shot. So I found a place to train. And uh, Kurt Pellegrino actually had a gym in uh in in near my town. So I called him up. I knew him through wrestling. He's like, he's like, I'm actually moving to Florida. He's like, but you can come train here for a couple of days before I go. I'm like, all right. So I came there, and a new guy was taking his gym over, and so that's where I ended up staying. And the gym was no bigger than this room here wow you know and uh you see all these young kids have this thirty thousand square facility i'm like dude you guys are fucking spoiled man (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a different world now i mean it's there's only there's no other sport like mma where if you go back to like the 90s and then you look at it today it's unrecognizable oh yeah it is it's 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 just martial arts is is changed like you say it all the time you know how how quickly ufc or mma Change martial arts forever. Yeah, I mean, we'll never look at it the same way again. Yeah. Like all, martial arts have evolved more over the last twenty years than they have over the last twenty thousand. Yeah, and that's just I don't think is anything that has done that. No, you know? go back and watch UFC one, and then go wa- go watch UFC two forty six. Yeah. It's like what the fuck, man! Yeah. Like everyone is so evolved now, and even you know across weight classes, it's just it's just such an interesting thing that we figured out how to do it right. Yeah. I mean, shit, even when I started 2005 to now, it's changed a whole bunch. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, 2005 was when The Ultimate Fighter was on, right? Yeah. Dude, how crazy is it that Diego Sanchez is still out yeah, there throwing? Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing. He's the last of the Mohicans. It really is, right? He's the last one on that show? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, Stefan Bonner's long gone. Right. Forrest Griffin's long gone. He's working for the UFC now. And- Fucking Diego Sanchez, he's still, still, still screaming yes, yeah. doing cartwheels. <laughs> he's a special dude, man. God, he's crazy. Yeah, he's a wild motherfucker, man. He is. He is. Uh, his outlook. I mean, he was kind of strange on the show. I don't know if you call him strange, oh, yeah. but just like uh, he's strange. A different, different personality. He's weird. Definitely <laughs> weird. But he's also got a mind like a fucking bank vault. He's yeah, intense. He is. I mean, his his will's unbreakable. That guy does not quit. He's lost before. He's been stopped before. But 
You ain't getting him to quit. I remember when he fought BJ, he just kept coming. I mean, yeah. He got his head split open with that yeah. head kick. I was like, crazy. this guy's nuts. Yeah. No, I mean, in all of his fights, I mean, he's he's an animal. I mean, and he's such an entertaining guy. I mean, you think about some of his fights that he fought even at 170 against guys like Jake Allenberger, Martin, Marvin yeah. Campman. Campman had his face hanging off. I mean, he had giant cuts all over Diego's face. And in the third round, Diego's chasing him. Yeah. Just chasing him down. Care. I'm like, God damn, he's tough. His willpower is second to none, I think. You it's know? insane. It's insane. And he's still out there. He he's is. Still out there throwing. He is. Yeah. It's uh, it's impressive. I mean, these guys are setting the bar high, you know? <laughs> yeah, real high. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, Diego, I've always thought was like a guy who could have benefited from a 165-pound class. I feel like the UFC, I've been saying this forever, I'm a broken record, but I think they should reorganize the weight classes yeah. and put weight classes every, every 10 time. pounds. Yeah. yeah. There's too many big gaps, like the 85 to 205-pound gap. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. That's so big. Yeah. I mean, if they have time, look, they have plenty of fighters, right? And there's plenty. They just should move some of these weight classes around. I think they should do Even, it. Even uh, Dos Anjos, too, with him and Chiesa, you know? Mm -hmm. I think Dos Anjos is probably a 65-pounder. Probably. He looks so much smaller than Chiesa. Dude, Chiesa, how the fuck did he ever make 55? I don't get it, man. I I seen him, you know, after he made it. I'm like, dude, just, you were always a 70-pounder. Yeah, always. I just was really impressed with how he was able to control Rafael Dos Anjos. I mean, I, I didn't was, get to see that the fight. I was actually flying down here, um, but yeah, I seen you know highlights. I mean, I think he took him down five or six times. Yeah, man, he's a fucking. He his arms are so long. They were in positions where a lot of guys would have to kind of like hold on, but he could reach all the way the oh, fuck yeah, around and yeah. clamp his hands together. He like, oh, what an advantage that is. And it's he, like uh, when I train with Zabit. That's how I feel. Cause, oh, you know, right. He's like six two. Yeah, at so 145. it's like he can cover my head and my toes, and he's only, you know, it's only half of him. He's got the weirdest style, man, because his style is like, you know, he does like scissor takedowns, but he's got like a lot of wheel kicks yeah. and 360 roundhouse kicks. Kung Fu, right? It is Kung Fu, yeah, right? It's a real Kung Fu. But also wing, with wing wrestling. Chun or something? Wing, wing Chun? Sanda? Oh, so Sanda, Sanda, yeah. Sanda? Yeah, but yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a form of Kung Fu. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, Kung Fu, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's... He's one of the more unusual guys in the in the sport. Yeah, he is. He's got a quiet demeanor too. You know. Well, he and looks he, like Abraham Lincoln. He does. He does exactly like him. Uh, that's we, as soon as he walked in, that's what everyone said. Well, everybody says too that you haven't even seen what he can do. Like in the gym, you see what he could do. And like uh, I was talking to Mark about him, and he's, he's like, "Dude, this was like back before Zabib had really made a name for himself." And he's like, "That fucking guy." He it's goes, the real, deal. Super, "The real deal. Super talented." Yeah. I was really impressed with Calvin Cater, though, in their last fight. Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> that third round Ooh. seemed like uh, Zabi kind of lost some steam. Yeah. And well, Calvin started coming on a little Calvin bit. Calvin was digging to the body a lot, too. He's got great hands, Calvin. <sighs> as great good jab. as anybody. That jab is probably, might be one of the best jabs in His in fucking UFC. right hand, too. The right hand that he yeah. knocked out Lamas with. Dude. Oh, man, yeah. Cal Calvin, yeah. he's on another level with his striking, particularly with his hands. Like, he does a lot of training with boxers. boxers yeah, right yeah. here. Dude, he's a Boston guy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and only getting better. You know, he's, he's only, young too. Yeah, he's, he's he's just beginning to get into the top tier of guys. Right. You know, I mean, he beats Shane Burgos with that beautiful knockout, and uh, the Ricardo Lamas knockout was just spectacular. Yeah. So Lamas had 
you know, fought for the title. Lamas was a top guy. And then the Zabit fight, when Zabit is like right there at the very top of the heap at 145. And who knows what the fuck would happen if that was a five-rounder. Yeah, I know. Because Calvin was putting it on him. He was at that point. And when Zabit took him down the third, he basically just hung on in the end. Yeah, he just, found the way yeah, just to just make it through. On. Yeah. Calvin's dangerous. He's dangerous and getting better. And he's... Boy, what a fucking division, man. Your division yeah, found five, that you're leaving. The division that you're leaving. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> 35 is no fucking sweeter. Let's be real. You know, <laughs> a lot of killers there too, but yeah. you'll be a bigger guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I still don't think I'll be the biggest guy either at, at 35, um, but I'll definitely be, you know, much more uh, comparable to the rest of them. Well, it was interesting because even when you were fighting at 55, a lot of people were saying that you should be 35. Yeah. And, and I was oh, yeah. like, you, buy, mm, you might be right. Like if you weighs 55, a lot of the guys that weigh 55 compete at, at 35. 35. Yeah. yeah. I, I will, uh, shit. What's his? Oh, my God. Uh, Lockhart. George Lockhart was on. Oh, yeah. And he said on here. And he said, I can make 25. So Jeez, slow down, George. I don't know about 25. <laughs> I don't know about 25. Yeah, you, you look like TJ Dillashaw. <laughs> that was yeah, a no. mistake. Oh, yeah. yeah. That that, was out bad. of all the, there's only two. Well, he his was real bad all the way up and to the way in. TJ, the way he looked. You know, he looked like a like he was starving to death. That's what he looked like. He did. He I mean, his, his cheeks were sucked in. His face was sucked well, in. It was really bad decision, though, even because he had to. You know, take, take EPO to, to try to, to train. Yeah. yeah, it was just terrible. You know, thirty-five. He was the fucking champ and like a really good fighter yeah, at thirty-five. Was. And to take that stuff, I don't know. You know, Cody, Cody, Cody Garbrandt was accusing him of taking it even before then. I yeah, don't, that's I don't know if that's too, true. Yeah. He said he didn't. Cody's actually uh, training with us now too. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's yep. a good move for yeah. him. That's yeah. a very good move for him. Him and Mark been working together. He was out. He was out for a week. He went back. He's still, you know, he's still at uh, Alpha Male too. Oh, that's right. You know, he was talking to me about that. And Mark was like giving him some real good pointers on some of the things that he does, where he exposes himself and right. how to m- make sure he's more protected and make sure he's more, uh, more elusive, more difficult to read. Right. Like, do, do some different kind of things. But uh, yeah, he he's been with us for a little bit now. He went back to Alpha Male, but he's coming back and finished the camp with us. So he's got uh, sick hands. That he's got, got some sick f- hands. Like I, you know, I train. You know, see Marlon, see all these guys, but Cody's hands are so fast, man. Yeah, he's fast as fuck. He is, and he can. There it is. He can come there back, man. He can come back. He just, you know, he had that fight with uh, TJ, lost, lost in the rematch, and then lost again to Pedro Munoz. So you're like, God damn, like he's just so game. But He's, all three of those fights, I mean, he was he was in them. He, oh, had, yeah. he had those guys rocked. He I did, think, you know. And that Pedro Munoz guy has a chin made out of yeah, fucking he must, steel. He must steel, and you know, and he knows it too. He's like, he's like, I'll stand in front of anybody. Yeah, he has that belief in himself, and one of the nastiest guillotines in the game. Yeah, that guy's got a fucking sick clamp. He gets a hold of your neck. Woo! Yeah, he'd be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's um. It's a fucking, that division, that whole division that you're about to drop down into. Yeah. That's just as scary as the division you're in now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, I feel like you can't go anywhere nowadays, you know? Yeah, there's no picnics. There's no uh, There's no easy no, spot. Nothing easy. Even for the ladies. There's no There's no yeah. easy ladies it's, divisions either. It just, it just, every weight class is getting deeper and deeper, and that's just the, the progression of the sport, you know? I mean, it's just, you know, even when I first started, it wasn't at, you know, maybe the top five, top ten. Now you got top 20 or you know, some some good some dogs. You know. Yeah. What do you think you're gonna do when you retire? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I have uh, 
I'm involved with UFC gym. I have uh, one in North Brunswick, New Jersey, one in Riverdale. You know, kind of partnered up with a couple guys. Uh, I'll definitely stay involved in this sport. How does that work? Does the UFC contact you and say, hey, Frankie, you want to be involved in one of these gyms? Um, I think we sought them out. They sought me out type thing. You know, but we, uh, that process took took a while to get to where we're at now. I started like uh, inquiring about the UFC gym back in 2014, 2015. They must be popular as fuck though, right? They're Everybody all over. would want to train at a UFC gym. Yeah, you would think. I think yeah. some people are just... Uh, they think when they think UFC gym, like I'm not wanting to go fight anybody. But it's not even like that. UFC gym is a family atmosphere, man. You don't have to go take a fight class. You can go just train and or take a martial arts class. Yeah. You know? Now, when they have these UFC gyms, do they have uh, like sparring classes, jujitsu classes? They have everything. Yeah, they have everything. Yep. So it's and just like a fight gym. It's like a fight. No, it's more. I'd say it's more like an LA Fitness. Like LA you, Fitness fucked a fight gym. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> The love child LA Fitness in a fight gym. Yeah. You know? And do you train at those places? I do some from time to time, yeah. You know, yeah. but I'm always but usually go up there and teach a class or a seminar, stuff like that. When you train with Mark, where you train with Mark? His basement. Really? Yeah. Or or like Nicotones, but but you mostly his basement. We start out in his basement. How big's his basement? It's big. He lives in he, he owns a pizzeria. He does pretty well. I mean, he's got he kills it with the pizza business. So <laughs> he has amazing pizza. It, it's the, I'm not, no bullshit. It's some of the best pizza in Jersey. No really? bullshit. That's yeah. a big statement because Jersey has Jersey some killer pizza. Jersey got great pizza and his, his, his is very good. No, yeah. I'm not lying. Not, Where, not, where's it at? It's shout in out Wood, to his Woodbridge, place? New Jersey. Pino's Pizza. Pino's Pizza. Tell him Frankie sent you. <laughs> <laughs> and so his basement, he has decked out like a gym? Yeah, it is. It uh, it starts, yeah, he's got like whole workout stuff. He's got like a full, you know, full basement. Pretty, pretty nice house. Um. And then he put mats on the thing, and you know, a bunch, bunch of like of our posters are up there. So it was cool. That's oh, cool. that's cool. Yeah, but I, I started with Mark in literally in 2005, and that's when we started in his basement. Now, did you have any striking experience before that? None. None just at just all. the seaside boardwalk. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so what what was it like going from just ba- straight wrestling to learning how to strike and wrestle together? It was uh, it was learning process, you know. Early in my career, I was able to take everybody down in those early fights, but uh, I had some pretty good fights even before UFC. I fought uh, Davidius, ter- something Davidius. He was uh, this Ukraine type fight. I don't know. He fought in WC. Um, he beat some good guys, so he was decent. I was able to take him down. Then I fought Jim Miller actually, my last fight for UFC. And that oh was no a, shit! Yeah, we had a crazy fight. Um, so you know, I, I had good opponents right away, but. Uh, the striking, you know, it, it, it's something that I really liked. I was always into boxing growing up. I was always into fighting. I, you know, jerseys, you know, I'm not from the hood or by any means, but everyone fights where I'm from. You know, it's kind of like everyone goes to seaside, look for fights. That's kind of really? the nature of it. Yeah. I mean, you, you hear Joey Diaz talking about it, so, <laughs> you know. Jim Miller's a fucking beast. He is a beast, dude. I'm so glad he's healthy now because that guy struggled for yeah. so long yep. with Lyme disease. Yeah, my, my wife has it, actually. Does she she's really? She's been dealing with it God since damn. 2007. So, dude, yeah, everybody yeah. gets it in the East Coast. Yeah. It's crazy how many people have it. Yep. And it's just they say that uh, there, there was uh, – we did this – this, we looked at this map online of all the areas in the East Coast where Lyme disease is prevalent and how what percentage of the ticks have it. It's bananas. Ah, uh, yeah, you, it's it's my wife's neurotic with it too because you know she's had to go through a bunch of you know treatments and whatnot. And is it still with her right now? It is. It's not as much, but she's got like a bunch of issues, like autoimmune stuff. I yeah. think you know, and um, 
she's con- she's doing she's does the IV treatments, the sunlight therapy. It's like where they take the blood out, run it through UV, then put it back in you. Ooh. Yeah, she's done a lot, of, a lot of that stuff, and she does. She's starting to feel better. Um, With Jim, I think he changed his diet. I think that was a big one. Just really started eating clean. Yeah, my wife eats pretty clean. She's she's a you know kind of holisticish type person. Yeah, um, the 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 Lyme disease thing is fucking terrifying because for a long time they were diagnosing it incorrectly. Like people didn't know whether yeah, it was Lyme it was, disease, right. and people would come in with all sorts of aches and pains. And if they didn't have that big bullseye mark on them where the the tick bit them, yeah. the doctor really had no idea what was going on. And some doctors didn't have a lot of experience with it. Right, I got it when I was young. I Did was, you? Yeah, but I I'd seen the tick. So I got on medicine right away, and and I was fine. But they say if you don't see the tick, and then you just don't know you have it, and then if you don't get on medicine right away, then you're fucked, and it's in you for probably ever. <sighs> yeah. You can even say like it's not even the Lyme disease; it's the other the other diseases that get attached to it. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a thing called Morgellons. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. of Morgellons? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Morgellons is a disease that a lot of people think is like a like a psychological disease. They think that like you're imagining things because they would imagine that like fibers were growing out of their scabs and they'd scratch themselves like crazy. Right. But I had some good insight. We we did a television show called Joe Rogan Questions Everything. Yeah. And we we had some. One of the conversations I had was with a doctor who has Lyme disease, and that's when things got interesting because he was aware of it not just as a person who has the disease but also as a doctor, and he said one thing that all these people that have Morgellons have in common is that they all have Lyme disease, Mm. and he thinks that Lyme disease is not just one thing, that it's a host of other things that are attached to Lyme disease, like um, non-identified pathogens, and that some of them have some sort of neurotoxic effect that changes the way you see things. So he was seeing things like that weren't there. Like he was seeing worms crawling around on his eye that weren't there. Weren't even there. Wow. They weren't there. Jeez. And he realized like, oh, okay, this is probably what Morgellons is. Like these people mm-hmm. are thinking that things are growing in their skin, but there's nothing there. But it's really because the Lyme disease and all the other toxins and pathogens that come with it are fucking with your neurology yeah they're fucking with your brain yeah yeah my wife said brain fog is probably the the biggest thing that that bothers her you know Mm. um and she went through a period where she was always tired and and it's crazy because my wife you would never guess it because she's super high energy she works out every day you know just pushes through yeah pushes through it but uh it's definitely uh, something she has to constantly treat you remember when people had chronic fatigue syndrome? Yeah. People would always talk. Where'd that go? Yeah, I know. Isn't is that, that like a thing that everybody always had? But like, is an excuse that excuse? <laughs> like a know. bullshit thing? I don't it know. Could be. <laughs> See, that's that's you. This these mentally tough guys. Yeah, like, come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, fuck. Yeah. How do I feel? I feel good. Let's go. So that's it. I feel good. You know, I, I mean, my wife, uh, it's, it's shit's expensive, too, all these damn treatments. Oh, yeah. You know? And, uh. Well, Marcus Davis, all of his UFC money, he spent treating his wife for Lyme disease. Wow, yeah. He, he wound up, uh, he's um, a prison guard now. Is he really? Somewhere, yeah. yeah. I think he's still doing that. You know, he's uh, good buddies with Delagrate. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Delagrate was keeping me posted on him, but he wound up, um, like his wife got it real bad. I think he spent more than a quarter million dollars yeah, just yeah, to treating I, her. Not that much. I mean, unless my wife's not telling me, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking bad. My my friend Steve Ranella, he and his son got it, and the the doctors didn't recognize it. The doctors, he was like, I think it might be Lyme disease. The doctors d- didn't think so. Then his son 
started getting Bell's palsy. So half his face, and his son was little. I think he was like four or five. Half his face was going numb. Yeah, it's happened, that happened to my wife, actually. She had yeah. Bell's palsy the one time. Yeah. I think she got a flu shot, she said, and then came home she got Bell's palsy. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, it's a fucking creepy disease, man. It is. Because no one seems to know what to do with it. And, you know, they had a vaccine for a little while, but the problem with the vaccine was people were, and this is including my manager's dad, took the vaccine and got Lyme disease from the vaccine. I, I keep hearing this with vaccines or the flu shot. Like, I've heard people that get the flu shot. shot and they get the flu. You know, I've heard <laughs> that people get sick when yeah. they get the flu shot. But then I've talked to people that are vaccine people and they're like, no, you probably were already getting the flu and the flu shot that you got was the wrong one for wrong whatever thing, flu right. was in the area. Well, I also I heard know. too, they give you the strain from last year and then there's the new strain this year. So it's not even really helping you. Well, I, I think true. there's multiple strains each year, mm -hmm. and I think they're basically just hedging guessing, their bets. Right, they're guessing. Yeah. I don't take flu shots. No, hell no. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I, I think they do work if you get lucky. Yeah, and you well, get the right one. <laughs> I'm not too I don't lucky. Know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I believe in vaccines for sure, but I don't think that it always works in in in, in the flu shot case. I'm not sure because yeah. like sometimes sometimes they just get it wrong. Like they have the wrong strain. Right. Right. What do we know? What do we know? No, I know. It's, a, it's a shots. fucking touchy subject anyway. Two morons talking yeah, about flu yeah, shots. Exactly. <laughs> but it's, but um, with, the, with the Lyme disease, my, my wife said there's a conspiracy theory that that's the government put yes. that out in the wild. Well, there was a conspiracy theory that it, there was actually – look this up, Jamie, because there was actually something about this they were talking about recently where um, they were looking in there – was, they were investigating the idea – that Lyme disease was a biological warfare weapon that uh, accidentally got released. But this was through like legitimate channels they were investigating yeah. this. It wasn't like some fucking tinfoil hat job. They released it on the East Coast, I guess. Right? Not, not where they wanted to release it. <laughs> well, I think it got out. I think the idea is that somehow or another this disease had accidentally escaped their labs or while they were in the middle of... Uh, Treating people is a tick the only way you can get Lyme disease. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. and it's the ticks. I think it's deer ticks. Mm -hmm. I think it's places that have a high population of deer also have a high population of these ticks. And then when people get it, it's less. You know, most of them don't realize they have it until it's too late. Yeah. So you don't realize you have it, and then you miss the early rounds of the antibiotics, market, yeah. which can knock it out. And then you get this chronic state right. like Jim Miller has yeah. and your wife has. Yep. And yeah, my, my buddy uh, Steve Ranella that had it, he was fucked up. I mean, bad for psh, at least six months. When I saw him, he looked like he had lost, and he's a slim guy, but he looked like he's lo he had lost 20 or 30 pounds. Wow. And he was just said he'd just been dealing with the, the Lyme disease and it just yeah. killed him. I mean, not killed him, but just just yeah. just, just really diminished Beat his body. Up, yeah. yeah, it's fucking, it's a weird disease, man, because you you can't find anybody who doesn't know anybody who has it when yeah, you're right. on the East Coast. Right, yeah. Everybody knows a brother or a cousin or a wife. Someone has it. It's crazy. I, mean, I love running the woods and trails, but like in the summertime, it's like, man, you just I'm so nervous to get ticks. Or my kids, I don't want my kids going out in it. Well, I think it takes 24 hours for it to set in. So like once you once you do come back, if you have a tick on, you just have to remove check, it immediately. Yeah, yeah, so we do. Every time we go in the woods, tick checks. How do you get them off you though? If like it's what if it's like in the middle of your back and you're by yourself? Yeah, I guess you're like one of those back scratchers or something. <laughs> like. Here it is. Was Lyme disease created as a bioweapon? Uh, is this a legit website? It's yeah. It's uh, how stuff. Well, how stuff. How works. stuff works. So it's not. 
Oh, <laughs> not unlegit. But, oh, that's uh, that's legit. How stuff works is very legit. I just sort of read through the whole article. It's sort of unproven, but there are some people, I believe, that think that this is a thing. It just would be very hard to do is what the end Look of the article says. Look at this. Ticks as weapons issue made headlines back in July 2019 thanks to the U.S. House of Representatives. Chris Smith uh, R. New Jersey, Republican New Jersey, who introduced legislation, legislation directing the Department of Defense to review claims that the Pentagon researched tick-based wow. bioweapons in the mid-20th century. The amendment passed. Smith said he was inspired by a number of books and articles suggesting that significant research had been done in the U.S. government facilities, including Fort Detrick, Maryland, and Plum Island, New York, to turn ticks and other insects into bioweapons. Imagine if those cunts wow. created a fucking disease, and now <laughs> that, everyone that, on the that, East yeah, Coast yeah. has it. What the fuck? Because it's mostly out there. That's what's fucked up. Yeah, it is. It is. Lyme, isn't Lyme a place in Connecticut? Yes. Yeah. 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 Is that why they named it Lyme disease? I mean, I think that's why they named it that. Yeah. Have you heard of the Rocky Mountain tick? Yeah, isn't that kind of the, the West Coast version of... Well, it's Texas. It's, uh, uh, um, I think, it is, or the Lone Star tick. That's oh, what that's it is. different the one. The Lone that, Star one. It makes you not like meat or something? Yes. Alpha gal, alpha galactose. It does something, I think that's the, the word, um, it it makes you allergic, allergic to meat. Allergic to meat, wow. Yeah, so you, you literally go the rest of your life and you can't eat meat. You have to eat like chicken and fish shoot me <laughs> what is that yeah the first cases of it were there in 1975 yeah the uh, goddamn government they're creating bioweapons i'm not surprised no i mm-hmm. talked to the soviet union guy when i was doing that television show and he was saying that they they had all sorts of bioweapons that they were developing over oh, there gotta be right? giant pits filled with anthrax like, like, are there ticks in other countries like or lyme disease in other countries that's a good question that's a very good oh, question yeah. that would that would like sort of Explain a lot. While we're in Conspiracyville, have you Uh seen the coronavirus stuff? Yeah. Oh, Uh, there's conspiracies about it? Yeah. What's the conspiracy? There's like a level four bioweapon facility opened in Wuhan. Oh, wow. Not too long ago. And the suggestions are online. I don't know. I'm I'm not saying it. The suggestions are online. Something might have leaked just like this. Have you consulted with Sam Tripoli or Eddie Bravo? I have seen seen tweets. I'll just say I've seen tweets. From who? From Uh, Sam or Eddie? I think Sam's retweeted some stuff. Oh, of course. Of course he has. I've seen other stuff online, too. Well, I mean, I think whatever news is out there, there's always some conspiracy theory that goes with it, right? That's true. (laughs) Even if it's like lock. Look, I saw conspiracy theories that Connor threw the fight or Cowboy threw the fight with Connor. Oh, people are so stupid, man. I had my cousins like, oh, I can't believe Cowboy would do that. I'm like, do what? Do what? Cracked, yeah, do what? Come People on. are crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was upset at Stephen A. Smith, and then uh, yeah, and he made a video responding yeah. to me. Come on, listen, uh, Stephen A. Smith. I guess I should respond, right? Uh, you're a very entertaining guy. I like you a lot, uh, and uh, I appreciate the props you gave me in that video. But you're wrong. Yeah, cowboy got. Cowboy got fucked up with those shoulders in the clinch. He had Connor's arms tied up, and they're in tight spaces. Connor dips low and slams this bone of his shoulder into the nose. And he's at the beginning of the round. Connor's a fucking super explosive guy. Super explosive. All muscles, just fucking pulled tight at the beginning of the fight, and just bang! Bang! He got off good shots, and Cowboy was confused. I think he was flustered. Flustered. I I, I don't think that those shots maybe rocked him. They it broke, broke his, his nose. nose, and that that could rock you, I guess. Well, he's sense. got blood pouring out of his nose, so he's not breathing out of his nose now. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Fuck! My nose is already fucked up," and he hasn't even punched me yet. Right? You know, it was it was unusual. Like I could see if someone has a peripheral understanding of the sport, 
and you see that happening, like, come on, man. Or even guys like Mike Bisping. Like, Mike Bisping was like, fucking shoulder strikes. Come on, shoulder strikes. But that said, Mike Bisping is without a doubt one of the toughest human beings that's ever walked the face of the planet. He's like, if, if he lost an ear, he'd be like, ah, oh, you got another ear. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. he, he fights with one eye. He, I mean, come it, on. he doesn't give a fuck. He fought a giant chunk of his career yeah, against but, the best fighters in the world, including winning the title with one eye. Yeah. Michael yeah. Bisping is a fucking dyed-in-the-wool savage. Yeah. So if he's like, ah, it's just shoulder strikes. That said, the shoulder strikes didn't end the fight. The shoulder strikes definitely got him off on the wrong foot. Then Cowboy threw a kick to Connor's arms, and then Connor con- countered with a head kick. Rock Cowboy and that's what bad. Got him. That head rocked kick rocked him. him good. You yep. see his legs go, and then Connor hits him with pistons. He hits so hard. People could say it was a work. He broke his fucking orbital bone. Yeah. And yeah. then but Stephen A. Smith said that he felt like Cowboy quit. He did not quit. Probably. He got smashed. Yeah. He you got can't smashed. say someone quit after getting their nose broke and rocked and a broken orbital. You can't say he quit. It's also who you're talking about. You're talking about a guy who has the most fights right. in the UFC, the most finishes in the UFC, the most head kick knockouts in the UFC, the most the most bonuses in the UFC. Cowboy is a fucking legend. He is a t- as tough as they come. He's lost before. Every human can lose, yeah. especially you're fighting guys like Darren Till and Jorge right. Masvidal right. And, and these fucking animals that he's fighting. He's fighting the cream of the crop or Connor. And Connor broke it, literally broke his face. He broke his nose and yeah. he broke his orbital bone. So, so Stephen A. Smith responded and then Connor responded. And yeah, Connor, yeah, I've seen that. Connor told him to apologize. Yeah. And, and Connor's right. Yeah, he is right. I mean, Give, right. Con- give Connor the credit a little bit. I think the problem is Stephen A. Smith, who's a very entertaining guy and is very knowledgeable about other sports. This is not his wheelhouse. And also that style of dismissing athletes and putting people down. Like That's, he, that's how he kind of made yeah, his, his that's name. How, that's how he made yeah. his name. And it's fun to wa- listen to. He's, he's a fun guy to listen to. Yeah. He talks great shit, you know? But I, I wonder, I, I mean, I'm sure basketball players are kind of – Saying the same stuff we're saying when he's criticizing basketball players, though, or football players, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know too much about that. Jamie, you're a sports fan, right? Do they criticize him too? I mean, he's respected for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's uh, the show he's on is like every day he's got to wake up and give his take, and they got to talk about it for an hour or two. Yeah. You know? And a lot of the take, it's like the controversy is like good. Yeah, they got to get some shit yes. to talk about. Yeah, and he had a radio show for three hours he did after that, so like yeah, he lot talks of, all day long. And, right. Yeah, yeah. and he, you know, and he's entertaining. That's what people like to hear. They like to see hear someone passionate. You ever hear him and Teddy Teddy uh, Atlas, Atlas yeah. argue after the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Teddy Atlas yeah. like, Conor McGregor made the best chef in the world be a fucking fast food cook. That's it. <laughs> basically how they're like back and forth. The two of them yelling and arguing. It's very entertaining. Yeah, I that's just his think, that's that's his position. All right. I just think that this sport demands more appreciation, more respect, and it, it demands uh, a higher level of reverence to the athletes who literally put put their lives on the line. It's yeah. different. I don't think you have to say the guy quit to to descript, describe what happened. No, you could just talk about what Connor did that right. was so special. He look, the guy finds tricky ways to do things and those shoulder strikes. Look, we've seen guys do shoulder shrugs before, but we never saw anybody do it successfully. But you got to think about the UFC is a lot of what happens in the UFC is someone out of all these fights finally does something and then other people start doing that mm-hmm. thing. Like you remember when no one was throwing front kicks to the face. Yeah. 
no one for Anderson all those and fucking years. Did, and then, yep. All yeah. of a sudden, Anderson knocks out Vitor, who's like one of the elite of the elite strikers, knocks him out with a front kick to the face, and you're like, what yeah. the fuck? And then you see everyone trying it. Nobody ever did it. I don't, I don't remember anybody ever, even in kickboxing, people very rarely threw a front kick to the face. It just wasn't, you know, they would teep right, to the to face. The body, yeah. But the t- even teeps to the face was more like- The range thing. Yeah, yeah. Like all you would like push in his face. Right. Like you, you very rarely, unless someone caught it perfect, saw a guy get knocked out with like a snap front kick with the ball of the foot. Now it's almost like an uppercut the way it comes off from yes. underneath. Dude, it's a fucking devastating technique yeah. when done correctly. I mean, uh, Justin Buckholz got a KO with it outside of the UFC that's devastating. Lyoto Machida did that jumping front kick to Randy right. Couture. Right. Yeah, that was you nasty. knock out Randy Couture with a fucking front kick to the face. That's a legit technique. But then you see everybody doing that, like low calf kicks, right? Yeah. First guy I ever saw do it was Benson. Yeah. Benson really, Benson Henderson really got into those low calf he did kicks. It to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Those are rough man but now everybody throws those kicks you gotta think of how many years went by before people were not throwing low calf kicks i guarantee you now when people get tied up in the clinch and someone's holding someone with uh double overhooks or whatever i don't remember how connor had a hold of uh our cowboy over over under right over under under, was over under yeah when someone's tied up in the clinch and you can't strike, you're gonna see guys yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah, hundred percent. Because this is a bone, man. Yeah. It's a fucking bone right there. And if that anything, it's just something to distract them, you know, to, but, to move to something else. But this, where your shoulder, the top of your shoulder, oh, yeah. that's fucking hard. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, it's not the ideal thing to strike with, but when there's nothing else there, there's yeah. something there. Yeah, it's. I could see how Stephen Smith would not think that that was effective. I could see, but for me. It was clearly effective. There were hard shots. There's a lot of power behind it. There's a lot of explosion. Connor dipping his level and coming up and slamming into it. It was cra- kind of crazy. But even if you take the, that away, the head kick the head and kick. the punches to finish, I mean, yeah, no I mean, one's quitting there. He's not quit. He got beat down. He got beat down and smashed right. by a guy who rises to the occasion. Look, Cowboys had problems in the past with these really big fights, and yeah. he looked nervous as fuck, and he talks he about it openly. Yeah. Yeah. He talk- there was a video that they played, which I don't think they should have played, before the fight, because he had to hear that. So they're playing a video of him describing how nervous he gets before fights and how he's- Throws up, right? Yeah. All that stuff. And yeah. also about how he's kind of faking it. He's yeah. pretending like he's fine, but he's not inside. Yeah. I'm freaking the fuck out. They played that before he fought. I'm like, why yeah, are you doing think that? Think about it even more. Yes, that's what I was <laughs> yeah. thinking. I was, I was saying, fuck, he does not need to hear this. That's why I'm in the locker room. When I'm in the locker room and the TV's on, I'm always like, turn that volume down. I don't want to hear anybody talking about my fight. Turn that shit down. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. I mean, I'm cognizant of that when I see a guy in the locker room and, and I'm talking. I try to pump him up. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. Want, I want him to feel good. Yeah. Show up. Yeah. Well, when you come out, man, that Biggie song, duh, 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 yeah, yeah. Biggie, that, that's a, there's something about some fighters and songs you know there's like there's a connection yeah. to those guys that every time i hear that song i think about you yeah man Always. I, I started uh 2009 when i fought shirk that was the first time i ran out to it and then i was like man the most shady frankie baby you know <laughs> i was like this is it <laughs> dude biggie's probably my well he's if he's not my all-time he's like top three it's like I, Nas I is he, probably my all-time but he's right up there yeah i think biggie might be my guy too i uh seventh grade i got that ready to die Cassette tape, 
and listen to this shit. I think I listened to it till I couldn't listen to it no more, you know? Yeah. Well, I was uh, on news radio. Oh, I was doing a sitcom, and uh, I remember I listened to that fucking hypnotized song like 10 times in a row. <laughs> Hell yeah. I was like, God damn, that's a good song. Yeah, he's, he's- His flow was so entertaining. He was. He could tell a story better than anybody. Oh, man. He was a special dude. He's a special dude. The, the the feud between him and Tupac, the fact that both of those guys got murdered, yeah, that's like, crazy, what right? The yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. Like, oh God, how how good would they have been as they got older? Too? I know. And Biggie, Pac, at least he had thousands of CDs at least, yeah. or mixtapes, you know, come out after his death. But Biggie only had two albums, really, you know, so I he didn't know. have much much material. Isn't that crazy that Pac put so much shit down? Yeah. He, Pac, man, he was uh, he was like an activist too, you know. So his his everything was like kind of politically charged and everything. Well, he was unbelievably prolific. Yeah, like he wrote so much. He he he, like after he was dead, they released like five albums, yeah, six yeah. albums. It was crazy. Of all new like, stuff. Yeah, yeah, where is all this shit from? <laughs> Remember then they did the hologram. Cuba. He's in Cuba recording. That's why. <laughs> Remember they had the hologram. Was it Coachella? Yeah, yeah. that yeah, was so a weird. creepy, right? <laughs> that was so creepy. I was like, "What is the future going to be like? We're going to see Janis Joplin up there yeah. singing." Yeah, you're right. You know, like legitimately, they're going to be able to do that in the future. That's true. Like they're probably going to be able to write new Janis Joplin songs and have her singing in in a hologram, and you won't even be able to tell it's not really her. They just put. I just listened to the radio yesterday. Uh, Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park, his first band he was in when he was like 18, they had recordings of him that they just put new music to and re-released the music. I think oh, it's wow. called like Gray Days or No Gray or something like that. I heard oh. it, so I didn't listen to it myself, but I heard it's not bad. That's a bummer. He was yeah. a bummer. I know. That was a bummer. A lot of these guys, they, I don't know, it's like a lot of artists seem like they're conflicted in some ways. It's one of the reasons why they're so good. Yeah. Like when Chester would sing, it was like he was wailing, right. you know, like screaming. You know, there was something about his, his the, 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 the angst and the anger and the energy and the emotions in his voice. That was why he was so good. Man, and you know, sometimes I, I, like Lincoln Park, you just listen because they jam and, yeah. like, oh, and then you start listening to some of the words like, man, this guy was, he's been feeling it for shit. a while. Yeah. yeah. He was going through some shit for sure. Yeah, it's just, it's so hard to believe when someone like Chris Cornell or someone like him takes their own life. Right. Like, oh, they man. were good. They were good friends, right? I believe. I believe so, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. one of them, didn't he kill himself on his birthday or something like that? I think so. Yeah. Something sad like yeah. that. But again, two guys with those insane voices. I mean, Soundgarden, God damn, yeah. he was good. Definitely, yeah. Ooh, damn. But it's like... It's almost like those guys that have that insane, and women too, that have that insane emotion in their voice. Like they're just so, they're so torn and right. conflicted. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, pour it out. You could, you could hear it in their, in their voice, their hearts pouring out. I yeah. think that's what it is. Yeah. 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 It's, um, I don't know, man. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. But, uh, the Tupac. They don't do that anymore, right? That fucking hologram. Oh. The Tupac hologram was built like Marlon. <laughs> <laughs> Marlon Marais. Did you ever see the Tupac I, hologram? I mean, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Dude, he was way more jacked than Tupac ever was. <laughs> like, this Tupac been doing fucking CrossFit. Yeah. He's been doing F45 that's, for the last uh, five years while he's in hiding. Yeah. He's been getting after it. Yeah, um, there's a lot of guys that are, yeah, there it is. Like, look how oh, jacked. Yeah, he is jacked. He's abs. He looks like Wiz Khalifa <laughs> looks now. Yeah, Wiz Khalifa began Wiz after it. Wiz is jacked. It. Yeah. There was yeah. a good video the other day of Wiz Khalifa hitting the bag. Like, I'm like, God damn, Wiz Khalifa. 
Wiz Khalifa's got good technique. He does. He like does the tie tie fights or he mm-hmm. does the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's doing a lot of Muay Thai. Yeah. But he's got crazy abs, man. The dude is fucking jacked. He is. He's got no fat on him. And he smokes weed all day. My guy. All day. <laughs> <laughs> all day. Is weed legal in New Jersey now? How's it work? Uh medical is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you have to have like a real problem, right? No. You can't just have headaches. Can you have headaches? Anxiety you could have. Oh, anxiety. Yeah. yeah. I get that. Yeah, that, yeah. Right. there's Weeds Cleaver. Yeah. Yeah, he trains he hard, it. man. Yeah. That's cool. It's always good when uh these guys do do this stuff, brings light to our sport. Yeah. Know? Snoop trains too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh there's some videos of Snoop training and sparring online. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's just great for you too. Even if you don't ever plan on fighting, um, it's, it's to me. I mean, you know, I'd rather hit pads and kick a bag than run on a fucking treadmill, man. Oh, for you sure, know, it's, it's yeah. so much more entertaining. These people, people realize that they would they would like it a lot more too. Do you run at all? I do run. I like to run. I but I don't run for my camps or anything. I was never really like just sprint, sprint work. I I just enjoy running. Well, you're known for your endurance, you know. And when you when you would train. How much of you did you do any cardio specific workouts, or was most of your cardio done through fight training? I mean, I, I did, my strength and condition stuff would be a little cardio based, you know, just like circuit training and stuff. Uh, I actually started working with a new strength conditioning guy. Um, he's a young kid, man. He's twenty four, but super passionate. Really into into. How do know. you find someone like that? You know, I just uh, actually Todd Fraser, who's actually been on my podcast. We just dropped, released the episode today. Um, he's champ a, of the tramp. Champ of the tramp. <laughs> he. Uh, He's a professional pistol player from my town, and he, I asked him where he was doing his off-season training, and he hooked me up with this guy. This guy does RP, give your RPR, uh, reflexive performance recovery or something. Or no. Re, no. reset performance recovery. What is that? He does, like, these certain things that just reset your nervous system, I guess, like uh, bang on your back. Bangs on your back, bang your back, and then you do a test, and, like, you're, 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 you're stronger in, in a weird way. Yeah. Really? It's, it's RPR. Refle- I, I'm, I'm probably is that real? It. Is that every test that's what I'm wondering because I'm not a voodoo guy you know? <laughs> I'm not a voodoo guy and um, yeah but he you know, he has one where he, I chopped it the, my inner thighs I'll go up and down like four times and then he'll do something where he'll test uh, he'll make me go like a v, like a sit up position and he'll try to push me down flat before I did the test I pretty much couldn't stop and then I did the test he almost put his body on me and I could hold him up really I don't know if it's mental but I always feel I feel good. I'll come in. The, I'll come in the training, and I'll be like, and I'm, you know, I feel a little, little shoddy. And he puts me through these tests, and some of them hurt. Like sometimes he goes up and down your your, your sternum on your ribs, and like it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable, and you're supposed to relax, and kind of wakes me up, gets me going. Hmm. And the idea is that it it jumps your reflexes up. <sighs> yeah. I mean, again, I'm a dummy, but uh, yeah, I don't know it either. I, I I know for sure that like deep tissue work does a lot, right? Deep tissue massage. The, the way he explained it too was like I couldn't do it to myself. Right, one of them where he kind of goes and he hits up my uh, IT band on my left, on my inside and outside of my thigh, and it hurts to the point where I'm like, I'm like, you're almost writhing in pain. You know, I'm trying to relax and I'm do it, but you can't do it to yourself. It's like he says, you can't tickle yourself because you know the pressure you're giving yourself, but right. someone else could tickle you. So someone else had to do this to you. But isn't tickling like you don't have control? Like, cause like I can do the the same pressure that someone would tickle me. But it's but you do, but you know the pressure you're giving yourself. That's what was explained to me. Okay, so like so you if, don't know what you don't pressure. Know, so yeah, you're like, hey, what are you it? doing? Yeah, you ah. don't know the, the pressure they're giving to you, and I think that does something with your nervous system. What do you think tickling is from? Do you think it's from like evolving to get away from bugs? Like you see, you feel something on you, like ah, uh, yeah. Doesn't that make sense? Like, yeah, like a spiders on you or some yeah. shit. Like yeah. Ugh. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think everything has to go back to that stuff, right? Has to. Or, right? or, or why do you hold your breath when you're when you're like nervous or you know, like people say right. you gotta breathe, breathe. Why do you hold your breath? Right. Probably because like you're in the middle of the woods and something's fucking hunting. You're like, oh, you don't make any noise. Maybe, or maybe just your body's just panicking because so much pressure, you know, like you know, so much adrenaline, so much freaking out. Your, yeah. your body just your body doesn't know what down. to do. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Your body tenses up. Yeah, that's a thing about fighting, right? Where guys, when they're swinging in a, a big, like a big exchanges, they they don't they don't breathe and they get tired. Right? Quick. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, I don't know. You have those coaches that are like, "Okay, guys, breathe." I don't want right. my coach telling me to breathe in the corner. No. <laughs> I'm like, my, I know how to breathe, bro. <laughs> Tell me what I need to hear. <laughs> right. Well, does that drive you crazy when you hear corners that don't give good advice? Like, uh, Go out, yeah. finish them. Yeah. What does like, that oh, mean? Thanks. Get up, man. Get up! I know shit. Go yeah. out there and kick his ass. Yeah. Oh. that's why I, I was lucky Go to have you know guys that paid attention to detail like Mark and Ricardo. Man, yes. those guys are uh, top notch. Technical, yeah, technical. Yeah. They're not yeah. giving you that. You know, sometimes you do. You need to like sometimes some guys. I think Mark got some flack for the Marlin fight where he was in the corner. He was like, "Your mother raised you." Blah blah blah. blah you know, mm. and someone's like, "Why is he talking about his mom?" It's like because he knew he didn't need yeah. technique. He needed some right. motivation at that point. Was Marlon too big? Did he lose too much weight to get down to 35? And was he depleted? Or was it Cejudo just steamrolled him? I just think the moment, you know? I the think Marlon hit him with some good shots. And mm-hmm. he hit him with some good shots. Some head kick, the right hand. Yeah. And I think the fact that Cejudo just took it and kept coming forward, I think kind of um, just demoralized Marlon a little bit. Like, he thought he was going to put him away. In my eyes, Cejudo was not going to be able to take much more to the legs. I was yeah, su- no way. I thought I, I for sure in that first round, I'm like, this fight's not going the distance. Yeah, I thought Marlon was going to keep chopping at the legs, but Marlon let Cejudo close the distance. And once he let Cejudo close the distance and get a hold of him, started hitting him with knees, and I was like, oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, you know? yeah. Cejudo's and like, even like I mean, Marlon, it was in that tie clinch too, and mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, Marlon knows how to deal with a tie clinch. Yeah, and he just wasn't even reacting to it. He was like kind of letting him hit him with the knees. I felt like almost. It's like I, I felt like he was just depleted. It it seemed like he didn't have the energy to fight the kind of fight that Cejudo was willing to fight. Right, especially Cejudo at 35. Right, Cejudo at 25, he's draining himself a little yeah. bit. But Suhudo at 35 was much healthier. Yeah. And this fucking guy's just tough as shit, man. He has a winner's mind. Finds a way. Found he's a, a way. Win- he's got yeah. a winner's mind. Yeah. You know, and his uh, the videos that he makes are pretty ridiculous. <sighs> Super ridiculous. Triple C. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Bend the knee. I mean, I guess that's, you know, everyone's got to have a stick now, you know? I guess they do because it keeps him out there. It's, it's just, it's weird because this sport is part of that, right? It's like part, there's, it's part promotion but it's also performance it's like guys like connor are the perfect blend yeah like he's just just being him himself but connor's like it's entertaining it's funny yeah. some of these other guys man it's just rough. so forced and it's rough but look yeah. like colby covington colby covington ta- shit talked his way to a goddamn title shot yeah he really did and i mean then yes fought and no. his ass off. but he's also very good very good I mean, you can't not be but good the ufc talk was willing to they wanted to cut him before he fought in Brazil. Do you know that? Yeah, I heard that. That was the story, last yeah. fight on his contract. He's going over there to fight Damian Maya and he just talked mad shit. He and said, I'm kept, gonna, him, kept him on board. Kept him. He's like, yeah. yeah. That was what that's what did it. I mean, that's literally what did it. And then that character just took off. If you go and look at the early versions of that character, he had nice suits. Like he had a, like a real crisp suit like connor would wear yeah. but then later he's got these yeah, terrible suits. <laughs> cheap suits it's like it's part of the fun of it yeah he's wearing bullshit suits he's and a playing hat. to a character yeah. fuck man he 
he fucking figured it out. Well, how about Connor? He's kind of made a little 180 type flip on his personality. He's still funny. He's still, you know, mouthy and stuff, but he's not being, he seems like he's trying to clean his image up a little bit. You think with Cowboy, you think that's it? Maybe it was Cowboy. Cowboy's kind of easy to get along with and, and whatnot. Or maybe My, it's just that he's been dealing with so much, you know. With the Khabib just, fight well, and all Khabib that stuff. Khabib and, and, you know, yeah. the, hitting the old guy and the <laughs> yeah. shit that he's dealing Lawsuits. with over there. You know? Yeah. He's like, you know, he's got a, that proper 12, he's got a total line a little bit. <laughs> yes. Right? I mean, you got to think proper 12 is an enormous amount of money for him. I mean, he's he's making shit tons of money. I was in Vegas. That fucking, those billboards were everywhere. Yeah. On cars and shit. I was, he, was, he was sponsoring the Bellator cage, too. Was he? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. I. Yeah, I wonder. But I also think, I don't think he felt like he needs psychological warfare with, with Cowboy. I feel like he thought from the beginning that he had a giant advantage over Cowboy. Yeah. You know, like, if you go back to an old pref, press conference or talking back and shit to each other, he's like, you're stiff as a board. Right, right, oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking break in half. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think yeah, he just felt like this fight, look, I could just be a nice guy with this guy. Right. But with Khabib... I think he felt like he had to fuck with him. He, I felt like he f felt that he had to get Khabib emotional the same way he got Aldo emotional. But that shit didn't, didn't work. work. That motherfucker's mm -hmm. a he's a vault. You look in his eyes, you just see nothing but doom. Yeah, no, nah, he's <laughs> he's uh it's just those people out there. That's they mm -hmm. call it the step where they're from, right? Is that the step? Um Is that where it's would be considered the step? Well, Mongolia is a step, right? Oh, okay. Isn't it? It's close to there, isn't it? I think. I don't know. Is it? The hard part of the world, though. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Was, did you see when he won? When the fucking, they have a video of the streets, the streets Going of Dagestan. Yeah. Everybody, lights on their cars, honking their horns, fucking screaming out the yeah. window. Yeah. Dude shooting machine guns up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's he's a fucking terror, man. And I am so interested in this fight. Coming up with him and Tony Ferguson. I am so interested in that fight. That's a crazy fight. Ooh, that fight is everything to me. That fight, I don't know how Dana White is doing these press conferences talking about matching up Connor and, and Khabib. Khabib. Yeah. I'm like, hey, hey, we what got about on our hands the here. boogeyman? Because the boogeyman is right now a big bear fucking doing kicks on trees and shit and <laughs> Wing Chun dubbing rocks doesn't and stuff. He, doesn't he build his own gym yes, too? Yes, he builds his own gym. He does. Eddie Bravo, you, you talk to him about it because he does his camps. Like He, he helps mm -hmm. him with his jiu-jitsu. Right. He, he, he talks him through it. Eddie Bravo uh, will talk you through it, rather. He goes up there. He'll he'll get a house up there, like rent a house, or he has a place. I don't know which which one it is. But then he builds everything. He builds the racks for the bags. He builds the fucking, he mats the rooms. He does everything himself. Uh, he is a unique human being. He is, man. yeah. And you want to talk about cardio. That guy is the freak of all freaks because yeah. he never even seems a little tired. Not at all. And keeps coming forward. Keeps coming forward, never seems even a little tired. And everyone he fights looks like they got they got mauled by yeah. a leopard. You're right. Like everyone's face is hanging yeah. off. Like look at this shit that he does. Headstands and stuff. He's into breakdancing, right? Yeah. But he's always doing this kind of shit, like weird kind of exercise. Look at this. Just standing only on his head. That's a good way to blow your discs out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay stenosis. <laughs> there you go. That's how you get stenosis. Oh, man. Look at it. Like, look at this shit he does. But that's every kind of training. Where, and like, No one's telling him what to do either. No, he, he, he does on his own. Like, guys who've gone to camp with him say it's like, okay, today we're going to run hills. Like, he just decides yeah, like, what we're going to do. Different character, different dude. 
Yeah, well, and Eddie told me that his cardio is fucking ridiculous. Like, they'll be doing these hill sprints, and he'll do these hill sprints with his uh, other training partners, and he's lapping them. He runs all the way up and all the way down, and then all the, and then passes them as they're still up the first time. Yeah. He's a freak. Yeah, that's an interesting fight. It's a fucking great fight. That's yeah. why I don't understand why Dana is not, like, considering the fact that Tony Ferguson would win that fight. What, is he, you think he's implying that Khabib's already got this one. They're talking about Khabib yeah. versus Connor because look, that's the money. Yeah, the fucking well, yeah. Ching, ching, ching. But from what I hear, Khabib won't 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 fight him. He said he fight him for a hundred million dollars. That's what he said. Yeah. Oh, then he's gonna fight him. <laughs> <laughs> I think his dad said that. His dad said, uh, you know, that he'll fight Connor for the same amount of money that Connor made fighting Floyd. Wow. wow. But I don't know if you could get a hundred million dollars in the UFC. Do you think that flight that fight? Connor Khabib will be, will be big, a big. The fight. problem is because Dana's saying it's gonna be as big as Khabib or uh, Connor Floyd. I'm like, I don't know. Mm, that was a pretty big fight. Yeah, Floyd brings a different thing to the table, right? Floyd brings all the hardcore boxing right. fans and the fact and that he's Floyd so polarizing. Yeah, and he's the best boxer of all time. I mean, you you stop and think about the amount of times that guy's been hit over a period of fifty fights. It's insane. Yeah. His defensive skills and his ability to size up an opponent and figure out what the guy's doing and then start to break him down systematically. Best he, there is. He's the best. He's the best. He's like. There's been guys that have been incredible and they're they're like up in his level, you know, like all-time great fighters. But in terms of not getting hit, I don't think anybody's been as good as Floyd. Yeah, no, so, I agree. So to have Connor go in there and fight him, a guy who's never had a professional boxing match but is fucking up everybody in MMA and all these people think he has a chance and there's all this hype behind it, all this craziness. And the fact that it was this sort of crossover fight, yeah. it had a lot First of- First time ever, really. Yeah. Well, basically, James yeah. Tony, James oh, Tony, yeah, Randy. That yeah. was ridiculous, though. <laughs> I don't think James Tony even trained MMA for that fight. No. I, don't I was on that so. card. That's when I fought BJ second time. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, as soon as Randy ankle picked him, I was like, oh, yeah, this, it's is over. Over. <laughs> this is over. You got that fucking animal on top of you? Randy Couture in his prime? Ooh. Randy oh, Couture. Yeah. He, he, man, I looked up to Randy big time coming up. You know? What a great guy he is. He is. I still you know, run into him nowadays. He's a super solid guy. He was so calm when he got into the cage. It was so crazy. Like, I remember he was, like, the one of the first guys ever. Like, uh, he's getting ready to fight. They're ready to announce him. He looks over at me and just winks and gives me a big smile. I'm like, is this guy all relaxed and shit? Just saying sure. hi to people. Yeah. He loved it. Loved competing. Loved being in there, man. And didn't even start fighting until he was until in late, his right? mid-30s. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just wrestling. I was at his Maybe first that's fight. why he's able to fight so long, too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of crazy when you think about his career, too. You know, light heavyweight champ, heavyweight champ. Came back and, and won it yeah. and beat uh, Sylvia. That was crazy. Yeah. When he dropped Sylvia with that right hand, I was yeah. like, what the fuck? I was worried about him in that fight. I was like, you think about like guys like Chuck Liddell knocking him out. What is Tim Sylvia going to yes, do? big dude, man. He's enormous. You know, and Tim Sylvia, back when there was no testing, when like, <laughs> Tim true. Sylvia fought Rico Rodriguez, people forget Tim Sylvia was not like this doughy guy back then. You know, like when he when he fought. Do you remember that fight when he fought Rico? Yeah, yeah. that's scary, Tim Sylvia. Oh yeah, he he had a back like a fucking brick wall. He was huge, and he had to cut weight to make two sixty five. I remember he had to come back to the scale like he missed it the first time. That was back in the old days. Yeah, 
Yeah. Funny story, Rico. I, uh, when I was wrestling in my junior, senior year of high school, so it was like 98, 99, our manager on the team said her brother fought in UFC. I'm like, this is when you know UFC wasn't as popular. I'm like, get out of here. He brought her fought in UFC. And it was Rico Rodriguez. Mm. It was her stepbrother. And I ran into him one day. He's like, I used to date my sister back in the day. I'm like, ah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Rico Rodriguez was a bad motherfucker. Hell yeah. He was one Hell of the yeah. first real high-level jiu-jitsu guys in the He's still around division. Jersey. He's still around Jersey a little What's bit. What's he doing these days? He was coaching, uh, you know, if you know Jamal Patterson. He's one of Henslow's black belts. He was oh, coaching yeah? at his place, yeah. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. Coaching wrestling or? Uh, jiu-jitsu, I jiu-jitsu? Think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rico was a beast, man. And, you know, that guy fought a giant chunk of his career with a blown-out ACL. Oh, really? Wow. He had no ACL. He just like rehabbed his knees or rehabbed his legs, like built up his just muscles, got him strong, and just yeah. dealt with it. Yeah, yeah, like I think they say your hamstring is like a big part of it. Like if you strengthen your hamstring up, but most people can't do it. Like most people, when the ACL is blown out, like they they can't they can't compete. All right, but yeah. Rico Rico could. That's wild. Supposedly, Dos Anjos has a blown out ACL. Real? Oh, does he? Yeah, huh. supposedly he's been fighting yeah. with it. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. That's what I heard. I need to talk to him. Yeah. Find out if that's a fact. My knee's always been always been good. Thank, yeah? Thank God. Never had knee problems. None? I mean, I, I've had LCL tears, MCL tears, but never surgery or anything. Right no there. meniscus surgery? Nothing? No. Wow. Yeah. Knees that's are rare. Right. Everybody's knees are fucked up yeah. after a while, especially knee, a wrestler. I never wore knee pads in my life here. Really? Yeah. Mm. What if that's why? No. No, can't be. But, uh, like, you know... Bisping just got his knee co- completely replaced. Yeah, yeah, that was scary. I was like, God damn, he's only like forty one. Yeah, man. And don't they only last ten years? Yep, I think like, so. I would have tried the stem cells first. I think, or is it maybe? Just <sighs> I don't know. Past the point of that. I don't know. I mean, um, they wanted to do that to my mom. They wanted to get my mom uh, knee replacement, but I sent her down to Panama, and uh, she's fine now. Yeah. Wow. Dude, crazy. Wow. It took eight months. I was really worried that it wasn't working because, like, I talked to her you know afterwards and then i talked to her up to like six months she wasn't feeling anything different and then she started to feel better and uh-huh. then like eight months later the pain went away it was gone that's, that's then, amazing though. yeah and then i sent her back again and then the second round she's doing but here's what's weird when i saw her um for christmas she looked younger really yeah i was like you look great you look now, like, did look, they just inject the stem cells in the knee or did they they put them in both knees and they also did iv mm. and they do it for three days so you just get barraged down yeah. there. They just fill you up. And then uh, you walk out of there like, oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> I wonder if that stuff helps uh, Lyme disease. I bet it would, yeah. They say I it has to go through the brain barrier or something, right? Mm, I don't know. The blood-brain barrier? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's they, they inject the stem cells intravenously. So you'd have to talk it, to Dr. Reardon. Yeah. He'll, he'd probably be able to explain it, but... I mean, I think anything that boosts your immune system and, and helps your overall body, and the idea of doing it intravenously is that your body knows where to utilize it. Your body knows areas that are troubled. It's weird that your body has some strange innate intelligence. To know that where knows, you would need to. Yeah, yeah. That knows where the injuries are. Like, how is that working? It knows what's wrong with your brain. Like, how's that working? Yeah, that's wild. Like, what? yeah, what is it doing? Tracks, I guess it just attracts it, right? Yeah. Tracks to where it needs to be. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited about the future of that shit because I think um you know uh, I talked to Dr. Jeff Davidson from the UFC mm-hmm. and he just got back from you know Dr. Jeff yeah yeah he's an awesome guy. Oh, he's great he's great. the one who got me into stem cells in the first place yeah he's the one that hooked me up with the one in my shoulder 
Me too. Did you do Dr. Roddy McGee or did you? No, I actually else in- did do, do Roddy McGee way back. Uh, I had stem cells. The first time I had stem cells was uh, in my groin. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> but, uh, you have a torn muscle, something? I had like a, a sports hernia. Oh, wow. You know? I had the same surgery uh, Usman had. Oh, for really? Yeah. 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 Damn. Same. We went to the same guy, too. This guy, Dr. Myers. He, was, he actually invented the surgery. If you call it a sports hernia, he gets mad at you because Mu- it's not a sports hernia, it's a core muscle injury. Mm, well, what is it? How does it work? I think, uh, they cut my, the, the tendons in my, Thighs and also on my abs, cut them completely off and then resold them together. Whoa! It was it was uh, it was painful for one week, super painful. Maybe two weeks, super painful. But I, literally six weeks later, I was kicking a heavy bang. Really? Yeah, it was amazing. You do you do physical therapy the day you get out. The next day, I'm at physical therapy. Wow. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, it was bad. Like I had this. I probably I was dealing with it for like two uh, like two two years. It would come and go. I would get flamed up where I couldn't even cough down there or like couldn't, you know, it was pretty, I remember the one time I went to get, finally get checked out and get the MRI. I went to the doctor by myself, drove up to the city and came home. I didn't eat anything because I, I mean, I had to park my car and walk to the damn doctor and it was like, you know, a couple blocks in the city. It took me forever to walk anywhere. So I didn't even stop and eat. I just kind of come home. I park my car and I, I call my wife. I'm like, you got to help me get out of the car. I can't, I can't get out of the car. Jesus. So I get out of the car and walk in and I literally passed out while I was walking. Whoa. And she caught me. She caught me. I had to crawl into my house. Holy crawl into my house. shit. I was like, damn. So I got that surgery and it was... The best thing I've, they're probably the best surgery I've had. That's crazy that it was that bad. Oh, uh, so, so painful. So painful. It's probably because I wasn't, didn't eat. That's why I passed out all that stuff right. too. But yeah, that was, uh, that was rough. When I hear about a guy like you passing out, I'm like, okay, yeah. this, this is a yeah. motherfucker that, that stays I've never awake. passed out in my life. I never <laughs> passed out in my life. That's the first time. <laughs> so they detach the tendons. Yeah. Or the ligaments? The, is it tendons? It must be tendons. Must be tendons. Yeah, they they cut the ones here, like up my thigh, and then I guess it, like you have it connects on three points, like by your leg. So and what was wrong? Though it was tearing. It was like playing, like it was pulling. Each side was pulling the other side, so I was getting tears everywhere. And so when they do that, they cinch it down again, and then how's it better six weeks later? Uh, then that next day, I go there and I start doing like the foot foot exercises. They put the bands on. I'm doing all that stuff, and I guess they just just strengthens up. Wow. That but it's crazy that six weeks later, I would think yeah. that's not a lot of healing. Yeah, six weeks later, I'm, and he told you you'd be good yeah. to go six weeks later. Yeah. So how how quickly after that could you have fought? January not um. I'm trying to think. Jan- I, I fought that in May. I, fought, I got surgery in January. I fought that in May. The but, first uh, time Usman came in here, he had a bag on his waist that was draining. Well, he had the, pus. The, like a uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, he had both sides. I only had one side. I oh. think. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Like, yeah, he took him a long time to recover yeah. after the the dude. My Tyron my Lee. downstairs was all jacked up. <laughs> Yeah. My balls are so fucking big. <laughs> really? Oh my god! They huge. swell up. Huge. Did you take pictures? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd have to, right? Like, how when are your balls ever going to look like yeah, that again? Yeah. There's a hockey player, Sidney Crosby. Remember, I told you he recently got this surgery, and uh, Odell Beckham, a popular NFL receiver, just got this last week. Really? By a doctor yes. in Philadelphia. Yeah, so it's that, Dr. Dr. Myers. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. the guy I went to. Oh. Yeah, he does everybody. Imagine yeah. one dude specializing in he, one. The guy's not even like a surgeon, I think. It's kind of crazy. What? He's not like a, he, he's like a, 
he's not a surgeon for like orthopedic. He's not an orthopedic doctor. He created this surgery though. Oh, that must be a surgeon. Athletic pubagia. Does that sound right? Say it again. Athletic pubagia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the word. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's it. Pubalgia. Why do you say it? Why? I don't know how the. When yeah. they invent a name, <laughs> yeah. why invent that name? Right, right. Why, why Pubalgia? <laughs> Pubalgia. <laughs> what does it mean? What does Pubalgia mean? Groin disruption. Oh. Yeah. Also known as groin disruption. Sport, yeah, sportsman's sports hernia. Sports hernia. But he told me, he's like, it's not a sports hernia. Like, Persistent groin pain during exercise when there's no evidence of clinically detectable hernia. Athletic Pubalgia is not a true hernia, but it's considered an overuse injury in which the external oblique muscles and surrounding tendons and or traverse abdominis or internal oblique muscles are worn down or partially torn. So this is, pro okay, conservative yeah. treatment consists of rest medications or physical therapy. If conservative treatment fails, surgical treatment may be suggested as an alternative. The procedure may be performed using a laparoscopic or open anterior approach. Polypropylene or polyester mesh is suggested. Mesh is suggested to correct the identified abnormality. However, there's no data from randomized studies to confirm effectiveness of this surgery. Oh, well, why don't right you here. talk right to here. Frankie yeah, motherfucking right. <laughs> Edgar Wikipedia or whoever that is that you're getting that thing off of? Well, it's funny how some doctors just figure something out. Yeah, yeah, he's killing it too. I mean, ver you know, I don't, I don't know a bunch of athletes, but there's a bunch of famous athletes that that went through that guy. It's crazy that I didn't know that that was a persistent injury, and then all these guys yeah. have it. Yeah, I never even heard of that before. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't know what it was until it happened. Again, that's probably one of those things of being too tough for your own good, right? Like yeah, you for get a sure. little bit of an injury. For sure, I just kept pushing through. This almost I, seems I, to before be no I other got way. that, I got an epidural in there. Oh. That was crazy. Whoa. Literally, they go through probably right by my pubes. Hey. And they go that way. Oh, oh Jesus. The needle was like six inches long. Ah! I remember I, oh. I, I'm in the doctor's office. I got like, my junk's practically out, you know? <laughs> and he's putting this thing in. I'm like, all right, I'm like, doc. And also, he puts the medicine in. When he put the medicine in, that's when it f flared up. I'm screaming, fuck, take it out, take it out. He's like, hang on, hang on. Ugh. That only lasted for like a couple months, and then it came back. Oh, uh, so epidural just kind of numbs it, right? Isn't yeah, that what it does. I've had several in my back. Have you? Yeah. yeah, I had back surgery when I was eighteen. Actually, you did. Yeah. What kind? Distectomy. Oh, so a little bit of a meniscus or a little bit of the uh, disc. bulge disc. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They cut it out, but Fuck, it worked, worked pretty good. It does work good, but there's ways around that. For, yeah, for well, certain was, injuries. For eighteen, I probably shouldn't. Have, I was an eighteen-year-old. No well, way I should have got a that. A lot of people. That, I, I had it in my neck, and they were talking about me doing that. But Virginikine cured it. Yeah, they were talking about doing it. Like I went to one doctor, and he was like, "You're probably going to have to get the disc trimmed." That was eight years ago. Wow, uh, you're good to go. Yeah, what's that? What is it? Tw nah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. At least. At least, let's say at least five years ago, six years ago. It is, I have no pain in my neck now. You know another thing, though? That iron neck. I fucking love that thing. Yeah, that's what I've been seeing. I, I see people using that. You, I got it right out here. You want to yeah. try it? Yeah, yeah. definitely you, try it. Dude, it's the shit. It's the shit. You put that thing. It is the single best thing I've ever used for developing neck muscles. And for jujitsu and wrestling, it's fantastic, too, because it's attached to a bungee cord, right? Right. So the bungee cord's a 50-pound cord, and you put this halo on, and then you pump it up like a Reebok pump. You know, okay. remember those yeah, old yeah. pumps? Yeah, You yeah. pump it up, and it gets tight to your head, and then you can control the amount of resistance when you turn. 
right? Because it's 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 actually got resistance when you turn. So you pull back, so your neck is holding this 50-pound cord back this way, and then you're doing this. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, I've seen someone... I don't know. I've seen someone uh, had that attached to, like, you know, gym equipment. Yes. And then they're shadow boxing. Oh, yeah. Well, the idea is it's like your your neck is constantly resisting this. So, like, when dudes are trying to snap you down or pull your neck down or you're trying to posture out of triangles and shit. Right. Like, when do you ever work out your neck in that way? Yeah. And most people, when they work out their neck, they put one of them harnesses on, which is, you know, does something. Mm -hmm. But a lot of doctors will tell you that that's not a normal action for your neck mm -hmm. uh, to be lifting weights with. And you could do some damage to your, I don't know if they're right or right. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. But I know the iron neck, you don't have to do any of that shit. You, so you, it's basically just the muscles in your neck, and you're not making your neck hold weight at a weird mm. angle, like this way or Just that natural way. movements. It's just straight. Your neck is always straight, and it's turning. It's just the muscles are getting exercised, and everything gets stronger. Uh, I know Corey's into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey mm -hmm. Anderson, yeah. He, he loves that thing. Yeah, I was talking thing. about it, yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering if it's good if you're, you know... If your neck is bad. Well, according to them, they've had people that w had neck injuries. They rehabilitated it with that because okay. it strengthens all the area. So, like, say if this is just me talking, but if you have an area where you have an injury and it keeps getting hurt, if you strengthen all that area around that, it's not going to be as mobile, right? So yeah. you're going to have more control, and it's probably going to protect it more. Yeah. That just makes yeah, sense. Yeah, makes sense. Me. Yeah. But I'm a big fan of that product. That's uh, I love when – and that was a, a football player that figured that out. Made, oh, really? Yeah. Uh -huh. What was the gentleman's name? The, the, the guy who came and he gave me a bunch of demonstrations and shit. But um, it's uh, great for football players as well. And they and his idea was that it was also going to help prolong people's careers because it will prevent more concussions because you're not – The stronger your, your neck is. Yeah, you're not going to get your head snapped mm -hmm. as easy. You're going to be able to with, withstand, withstand yeah. much more impact. You know, it's – they find, it's it's so interesting that all these people that are involved in uh, athletic equipment they figure these things out like what what do you, how do we strengthen a core better how do we strengthen the neck yeah. better how do we do this how do we do that you know glad there's people smarter than me out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know well you can't be uh, you can't be on top of everything Mike Jolly Sp say his last name again Jolly Mike Jolly that didn't sound like you said that the first time <laughs> yeah I, my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Swallowed it, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, Mike uh, explained the whole thing. It's, it's it's a very impressive piece of equipment. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, all that stuff. The reverse hyper, too. I, I got oh, that. Oh, yeah, love that's that. Great. That's great. Yeah. That thing's the shit. Yeah. I want to get a belt squat. You, you have a belt squat? You have a belt squat? We don't have one, yeah. but we we saw that when we were there. They want, they offered it to us, the yeah, West yeah. Side Barbell. Yeah, yeah. To come down, put it in here. We'll that probably get it done. That great because yeah. you put a lot of load on your body mm -hmm. without having to load your back. Yes. You know? Yeah, without fucking your back up. Yeah, and guys do uh, shadow boxing and shit with that on, yeah, too. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. That's probably really that good would, for your legs. Oh, really increase your ability to punch and to push off of stuff. Do you, you ever know? use the, uh, it's like a wheel. I forgot what it's, uh, they use like centrifugal force. You pull no. up on it, it makes it, uh, ah, shit. A wheel. It's like a wheel, that, and it wraps around. So you could do lifts, and the more, the quicker you go up, the faster it pulls you down. Hmm. I feel like they had that, too. Didn't they have that at Westside Barbell? He's got all kinds of crazy shit down there. That guy, Louis Simmons, he's yeah, a he, mad yeah. genius psychopath. Yeah, yeah, I, I've, I've watched some of his stuff. He seems pretty nuts. 
He's nuts. And having him uh, like uh, show me all of his stuff and like got, we did a podcast with him. Right, right. I remember. In, I, yeah. I listened to it. Yeah. It was pretty cool. You were man. here at his place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sitting mm-hmm. across from him at his desk. He told me that he got his shoulder replaced. And then the day he got back to the gym, they made him max out bench press. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? <laughs> like, they told me to do it. I had yeah. to do it. Like, Animals. I mean, it's crazy. He's like he's talking steroids ain't bad for you. I've been yeah. on steroids since the sixties. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, they never get off. That's the thing. Yeah, you they can't just stay right? you on. Can't, yeah. No. But I mean everything's on him. They 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 who was telling us this? Was it uh Rob Kearney was telling us this? That he um he had his bicep replaced, his bicep tendon, because his bicep tendon blew out, and so he had his arm in a sling and he wait, he lasted like a week and he got tired of it and just straightened his arm out and popped it off so he could lift again. <sighs> What? Man. So it was both of his biceps are. De- oh, there's me. And this oh, fucking there's thing. the bell squad, yeah. My stupid fucking paperboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, a cool machine, man. Yeah. Very cool. And there's Louie. Yeah, he's got, I mean, everything. What is that thing? Oh, that was different, too. Yeah. Oh, that, what does that thing do? I don't even remember. It's what that more thing for like football players, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he was showing it. it's like it's a belt squat, I think. Uh, oh no, it's like a thing you hit. But you, I think you have to have the thing. Oh, the belt a, on. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you put the belt squat on and then you hit that thing. Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, those guys, man, that West Side barbell, bunch of fucking animals down there. Yeah, he's like the trains like the world's strongest people, right? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. There, there was a bunch of freaks like that dude that was in there working out while we were there. Super strong human beings. Yeah, again, I'm happy there's people out there that are smart that could figure those things out. Like, Louis Simmons invented that reverse hyper because they told him that he needed to get his disc fused. Right, yeah. And he's like, oh, do I really? Hmm. Hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> he figured out, like, the best way to decompress your lower back and to strengthen that area. It's, that machine is so... Yeah, it's great. Sometimes I feel like I, I wait till my back hurts to use it. That's my right. way to do it. <laughs> Me too. I try to do it twice a week. I try to get in here twice yeah, a week and just do a few sets yeah, on that. Yeah, I got to make a little more... Uh, Consistent with that, yeah, because it strengthens your lower back in a real weird way that's hard to reach any other way. It is, and I, I like how it, it gives you the traction too. Yes, right. the the like, yeah, it gives you traction, but it gives you like what do what do they call it? Active traction, right? So it's like decompressing, active decompression. Yeah, yeah it's awesome, man. I love it. I love those teeter things too, hang by your ankles, like anything oh, uh, to give your back inver- inversion yeah, table. Yeah, I have yeah. one of them too. I got the inverted table, which is great, where you hang by your ankles. But then I got another one. What's the other one called? The Dex? The Dex. That's my favorite, where you hang by your waist. Mm. It's just just from your waist. Because yeah. I, I feel like when you hang by your ankles, it's great, but it's like the weight is going from your ankles and your knees, knees and your hips. hips. Yeah. By the time you get to your back, mm-hmm. how much compression you're re- uh, yeah. It definitely Traction does something. Really but I think the Dex really targets the lower back. Amazing. I see the people that have the ones that lay down, and then they attach that on and pulls them apart. Yeah, I haven't done that one. That's the Dex. The Dex oh, decompression okay, yeah. one. I yeah. fucking love that thing. So you grab a hold of those handles. And then you let go, and then you're you just drop down, and it's all the weight is like decompressing in uh, your yeah. lower back. And then you could do uh, yeah, rever- you, like that. Yeah, you could do uh, back extensions Good morning, on it. Right? Good yeah, morning, yeah, I think that's what they're called. Yeah, you could do those on it too. You de- I mean, you could definitely get a workout on it if you wanted to. But for me, I use that after I'm done working out, just to just I feel like if I'm real consistent with that, with that, and the um, the inversion deck and the reverse hyper, I keep my back healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I got. I go to a therapist, get stretched out like once or twice a week, and I do a- ART, active okay. release therapy. Oh yeah, that's, that's great. great. Yeah. Now, when you like, 
when you see like there's different schools of thought when it comes to strength and conditioning, and the more radical strength uh, school of thought was the Mar Barinovich sort of school of thought, which um, you see uh, Nick Curson does mm-hmm. with uh, who's doing with Rafael dos Anjos and a lot of guys, where you concentrate almost entirely on strength and conditioning, and the idea is like you already know how to fight. Like, you know how to fight, and the real thing that fucks with guys when they're fighting is their conditioning. And so they're putting these guys through these radical plyometric and explosive exercises and then just, like, push And that comes first. That is more important than anything. And that's when BJ was at his best. If you go back to, like, BJ when he fought Sean Shirk, BJ when he fought Diego Sanchez, he was training with Marv. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I think I'm on the opposite side of that. I mean, I, condition's never been an issue for me. Maybe that's why I have this take. I, I feel like I want to feel good on sparring days. Those are the most important days. I need. I need to feel good. Mm. So I feel like sometimes you spend, you wear yourself out strength and condition. You come to spar the next day, you're not gonna have a good performance that day. Yeah, I could see both ways of thinking. I mean, right, about I could it. see both. I mean, th- I think there are probably some guys that maybe. <clears throat> That aren't are afraid to get themselves tired. That you got to make them get like they're not going to push themselves that much when they're sparring if they're scared to get tired. But you could push them hard as hell when they're not worried about getting punched or worried about winning anything. That's the yeah. good thing about strength and condition. You can really push yourself without hopefully getting hurt as well. I think a lot of strength and condition people they they just want to put the cool videos up and right. something you know put the chains on and do this and mm-hmm. flip the tire. It's yep. like I just want to keep it simple, man. I want to. I heard someone say you want to leave a strength and conditioning workout feeling better, not worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's like the Pavel Tatsulin idea, you know, that you 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 don't ever go to failure yeah. and those kind of things. You're just tr- trying to strengthen things up. Right. Yeah. It's it's interesting because the sport is f- so new, fairly new, that there's all these different schools of thought about the right way to do it, and you really don't know. And so while you're going through your camp, you got to go, wow, I hope this guy's right. Yeah. You know, and... Well, I, there's definitely a right way and a wrong way, but there's also your way and my way, and they could both be right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. But I mean, some guys like long, slow running sessions... Some guys like hill sprints. Some guys like mostly plyometrics and organized, um, you know, Tabata drills and right. things like that for strength and conditioning. And then there's guys like Nick Diaz who just like doing triathlons yeah, and shit yeah. like that. Yeah, I, but this new guy I'm with, it's like uh, much more detailed. My, my last strength and conditioning guy was great. You know, I'm never not in shape, so. Um, but he was just kind of just go and we just just work out. This guy, everything's planned out way ahead, way ahead what I'm doing. So what kind of stuff does he have you doing? all different types of modalities i guess you know he kind of switches it up i do the um that's another thing too a lot of it's breathing stuff for warm-ups and whatnot um i can't remember the name of it uh it was along with that rpr stuff i was talking about Mm -hmm. but yeah it's uh a lot of it's breathing before and after and hold breath holds i've been doing a lot of that stuff and also it's like lung conditioning yeah lung conditioning for to warm up and and to, Mm. to cool down too yeah, breathing exercises are very underrated, you know? Like, if you look at, like, what Hicks and Grace used to be able to do, that kind of, like, fire breathing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if you can literally strengthen your lungs. There was this dude that I used to do yoga with. His name was Yoga Ray, and uh, that was, his, wasn't his full name. He was an elite singer in a band. I forget the band. I'm trying to remember right now. God damn it. Anyway, we always just called him Yoga Ray. But he had amazing cardio. And he had amazing cardio specifically because of his breathing exercises. Like, he didn't do cardio. 
He's just do, doing yoga and jujitsu, but his guy uh, would never get tired. Yeah, because he would do all these like radical breathing exercises, so his lungs were like a strong muscle. Yeah, that's what, that's what they got always work your diaphragm. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So, what other kind of exercises do you have you do that's different? Well, like with him, I, they he's really pays attention to my body position and stuff. Like I, because my back is bad, I try to stay away from deadlifts and this and that. But since I've been with this guy, I've been able to do all that stuff. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just because of making sure that you have better technique, better technique. Uh, you know, he always says you got if you want to feel your abs and your hamstrings. If you feel your abs and your hamstrings and all your workouts, your back's probably safe. So he's mm. always he's always touching me, making sure oh, make sure these are firing, make sure these are firing. You know, and so that's like now making sure that your abs are, are firing. Yeah, yeah, you know, or he'll, like say I'm doing uh, a bench or something, he'll put like a towel underneath my back and like I'm trying to pull it out. Make sure you keep it pressed pressed on the floor so I mm. can't pull it out. That's protecting your back. So he's just like really cautious and just knows a lot about exercise physiology. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you go to him. You say a couple days a week, two days a week. Yeah. Do you do any like cryotherapy or ice baths or anything I, like that? I, no, I've done cryotherapy a couple times. I just don't have somewhere super close to me. I feel mm-hmm. like if you want to do it, you got to be. Uh, you got to do it almost every, at least three times a week. Yeah, I think even once a week is not enough really? to get the benefits of it. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's fucking awesome. I'll tell you that. I love doing it. Um, I would I would suggest to anybody that if you can get into one of those things, do it. Do it whenever you can. Yeah. But I, but, but apparently, ice baths really good too. I've yeah, really I've done, done an ice bath probably ten years ago, and my dick hurt for like a half hour after that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> That's hilarious. What about sauna? Do you ever do that? Yeah, I do the sauna. I, I love the sauna. I don't have one in my house. My wife has like a little TP sauna. It's like a red light one. You can go yeah. in and your head sticks out. Is that good? But you lay down. It's not bad. It's not hot enough, I feel like. I feel right. like it's got to be hot. My wife's into the the, um, the red light one as mm-hmm. opposed to the heat one. Right. To me, I think you got to suffer for you to really get the benefits. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about infrared sauna because I've never really done that, but Laird Hamilton was saying that he had some skin issues that he got from infrared Oh, but yeah. but he does some wacky shit, man. Like that guy puts an air assault bike inside of a sauna and then uh, puts oven mitts on. And <laughs> because fucking, it's too hot. Yeah, and he's sprinting in there. I'm like, Jesus, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, that's he's a nuts. freak. He's yeah. a real freak. We have uh, the Russian Russian banya kind of by the, you know in Jersey. They have like this 200 degree sauna in there. Jesus, crazy. 200 degrees. Feels like it at least. And then they it's beat like you two, with sticks? Yeah, I did that the one time yeah. too. And I was with some of my Russian buddies, so they were talking to him for me and everything. They're like, ah, we give him the real treatment. <laughs> and do you go in the cold right after? They do, because that's what they do, right? Yeah. They jump in the water, in the cold, cold water. Cold, yeah, cold did you bath. Do all that? I did, I did it all. I did like the, uh, this guy, Tamor Valiev, who should be in the UFC. He's not. So, Dana, get this guy Tamor in. He, uh, what weight class? He's a 35er. Oh. He's tough, man. He's uh, He was a WSOF guy. Very good. O- only has one loss, and he revenged his loss. But um, mm. he's been training with us for a long time. World, World Series of Fighting is what? Professional Fighting League now, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, PFL, yeah. Right. Yep, yep. yeah. Um, That's where Rory is now, huh? Yeah. Rory McDonald went over there. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. He's actually going to come on here with Eve Edwards. We're going to talk about it. That should be fun. Yeah, he's uh, he uh, he was at Bellator, right? And then, he yeah, was at Bellator, Bellator yeah. um, lost his title. Or, excuse me, lost a fight to uh, Gegard Mousasi and then lost to... Uh, Lima, right? Yeah, Douglas Lima beat him in the rematch, lost mm-hmm. his title there. Yeah, Beat Lima. He had some good fights over there, you know, but I think he just got a big offer from the PFL. They're looking for a big name. Yeah. They're giving away a lot of fucking money. I don't know how long they could do that for. Right. A million dollars for people who win. 
Like if you win yeah, the tournament, with like seven people won yeah. the last end. You know? How do they do that? Yeah, that's a lot of money. It's Kevin Hart behind it. Is he? Yeah, I think he's an investor. Kevin Hart is. Yeah, that's pretty sure. Kevin Hart invests in everything. <laughs> that guy is—he's such a genius in terms of like business, he is, dude. He he's, is. I don't know how he sleeps. I don't know where where he, where he has. I don't the know time. how you sleep though either. Like, uh, my my hard work is an illusion. I don't know, man. You but you're like you're into so many things, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like, damn, I'm t- I don't have time for shit. <laughs> I do a lot of stuff, but it's not hard. Like this is not hard. This is fun. Like stand up, not hard. It's hard if you suck. It's hard if you're bombing. It's hard. But it's got a lot of preparation, material. though. No. Yeah, there's some preparation, yeah. but it's not working in a fucking sand mine. Yeah. Well. You know yeah. I mean? It's not. It's, it's not that it's not real hard work as far as hard as in like laboring but it's still time consuming it's time consuming but it's fun the the hard part is like the discipline things like uh forcing yourself to write that's hard forcing yourself to go to the gym that's that's the discipline in most things in life is hard once you're there doing it it's mostly fun yeah like people kind of exaggerate the difficulty of a lot of things you know i just you know you're 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 in the bow hunting, you're like, damn, I I, I want to get a. I don't have any hobbies. I need a fucking hobby. <laughs> Find Jim Miller; he'll take you yeah, bow hunting. Yeah, you're right. Well, Corey, Corey, oh, we, that's I, right. I go Corey's Corey. the best one. I gotta for go, Corey. It. That guy's constantly hunting. Yeah, every he time is. I check his Instagram, he gets up, works out, goes to hunt, goes back, works out again. When he came here, he brought his bow. No, uh, we were you we were shooting. Around? Well, we have that machine. Yeah, that's the, it. That's uh, it. Yeah, that um techno hunt. Dude, I gotta use the bathroom. Yeah, I'm well let's let's out. wrap this up. It's two yeah? thirty. Yeah. All right. Um listen, um thanks thanks for coming down here. No, man, Let everybody you. know how to find you on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, Frankie Edgar Everything, Champ on a Tramp. Check it <laughs> out. Champ on the Champ <laughs> Podcast. And when do you think you'll be back again? Any ideas? I think um early or late spring, early summer. Okay. Yeah. Thirty five. All, right. All right, brother. Always hey, a pleasure. Thank Joe, you, sir. Thank you, man. Thanks awesome for being time. here. Frankie Edgar, ladies and gentlemen. Bye bye. I know, it gets rough as a bean. Dude, holy <laughs> shit, bro. Most people can't afford it.